0: Hey everyone, welcome to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry, and this is our podcast where we give you a behind-the-scenes look as we create a comic book.
1: We're going to talk about TV, movies, comic books, and hopefully have a lot of guests, other writers, creators, and friends.
0: Um, Check us out at snarfcomics.com. You can check out our blog and follow along with everything we got going on. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snarf Comics, and please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Enjoy the episode.
1: And welcome to another edition of Snarf Talk. Snarf Talk. I'm Jerry. I'm Chris. And we're back. Back in the saddle. Oh, Th- I said that last time. You did. You say it almost every time. I've noticed. <laughs> Actually, one of us does because I said it the last time and whatever. That's I mean, fine. Don't say it anymore. I'm
0: excited now. As soon as the music hit me, it just I was dragging a little bit. Once the
1: music hits your ears, it just sounds so good.
0: I feel like I'm, I was coming down with a little something something. You're sick, huh? No, I feel like I'm coming down with something. Coming down with a sickness? But I'm going to beat
1: it. Yeah, I've beat sickness before. Yeah, You know how I do every single sickness? Because I just felt like I was getting sick a couple, like a couple weeks ago. I was like, mm, my throat feels scratchy. My head's a little queasy. So you know what I did? I just flex as hard as I can. Just, and my body gets rid of it. It's
0: I don't amazing. know how,
1: but I've just learned it. I think... I think it's a military thing. Yeah, you know, it's like a secret military thing. They taught me that I don't remember.
0: Yeah, but so I'm similar. I was telling you this before the show because um, you mentioned that. Uh, right. Well, t- tell trip. our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I have a similar thing. So when I was a kid, I always had had and continued to have extremely bad allergies. Yes, like hay fever allergies.
1: Mm-hmm. You and I both. We've both. Uh, we are both. An allergic person. Yeah.
0: Yes, definitely. <laughs> I take like three prescription allergy medications a That's day. It's awful. It's crazy. Uh, but anyway, when I was a kid, I we didn't have the types of medications we have now that uh, work. Correct. Or like, <laughs> yeah. Anything that works. <laughs> do things. Yeah. Um, so you had to use uh, Afrin a lot.
1: Yeah, like the nose
0: spray? Yeah, that nose spray. But mm-hmm. the one not like, not in the pump sprayer. Like you just squeeze the bottle. Yes. It, okay. Yeah. So I, uh, I remember using that as a kid, and I'd lay down and I'd squeeze that, and like you'd snort in at the same time, mm-hmm. you get it all up there. And I remember closing my eyes and pretending that there was these little, little creatures, like Pac Man type <laughs> creatures, okay, like going up in your head, just like eating, eating the snot away, yeah, to like open up your sinuses. And it, it worked every time, and I don't think it was the medication. I think it was the the elves. No, the, I think it was my perception. Like I was man. You
1: were like physically overcoming the sickness in yeah, your
0: mind. Yes,
1: through your mind through farmers. little uh,
0: mini booger langliers.
1: Langliers, <laughs> um, I you know I don't think that's probably the case. Yeah. Now me flexing it out,
0: hundred percent true,
1: perfect, hundred percent true, because my body's just superior. In that way, but I mean, if you want to believe your mind overcomes sickness, I I do actually believe you can overcome sickness just
0: by first of all thinking it. Scientifically proven that you can. It's called the placebo effect. Correct, which is a real thing. So your mind can overcome sickness.
1: It is, and you know what? Like, there's been so many people that have said said that to me, like, "Oh, that's like a placebo. That doesn't really work." It does work. Placebos
0: work like. 50% 50% of the time.
1: Right. But if it's, if you are cured of an ailment or something changes from you taking a fake pill or whatever it is, it worked. Then it worked, right? Right. So where's the argument there? Like, why are you telling me, oh, that's a fake thing that doesn't work? Well, the, yeah. you know, that really stretches my springs now that we talk about it. Really? Because why would somebody tell you, well, that's fake, that wouldn't work, if it did work, even if it is just in your head?
0: Well, I. To play devil's advocate here. Yes. It didn't work. You worked.
1: Right. But it I wouldn't have worked had you not taken, you know, whatever So do you believe homeopathic
0: medicines work?
1: If if it changes you if something changes after taking something,
0: but that's you. You did that. You did physically do it. Like technically, the, the medication that you took or medication that you took didn't actually do anything. But the medication sparked it in you. It ignited the force. The flame. The burning flame. It's the force. Of- right. You like force healed yeah. yourself.
1: Yes, it's a force sealing thing, <laughs> which we'll
0: get into. <laughs> which apparently is just a thing that everybody does all the time now.
1: It. It. it you can. They did it in the video games.
0: They did. We'll talk. And they about talk that later. about it in books too. So this episode is going to be a fun one, guys, because we're going to spoil the crap out of stuff. We're doing spoilers. We're going to review uh, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker.
1: It came out. where you have given you
0: two weeks now. Yeah. At Wait. Least. No. Let Three me Three weeks.
1: Three weeks. This is the third week. Yeah.
0: Um. So before we get to that, um, and then after that, we're gonna do. We're gonna rank our, all the theatrical Star Wars movies in our top would be 12 order because there's only
1: 12 theatrical released movies yeah
0: so we're going to rank all of the movies in order and then we're going to talk a little bit about the future of the star wars franchise or what we think could happen or what we know is going to happen or any of that so this is pretty much going to be an all star wars episode now before we get to that we're going to do a couple things um first of all Merry Christmas.
1: Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone.
0: Um, It's happened. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year. Because it is... For all acquaintance be forgot. (laughs) Right? Isn't it? For another glass of wine. I made that up. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure what happens after that. For all acquaintance Uh, be forgot. For uh, another
1: uh, 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 hotline (laughs) sang... I don't know any of those words. Besides but as we
0: speak to you, it is uh, currently the eve of Christmas Eve. It's right. Christmas eve, Chris, eve Christmas Eve Eve, yes. Yeah, so we have yet to experience the Christmas but, miracle. But when you're hearing this, we've all
1: celebrated. It was a great time. And What, we, what are your we're plans? Let's you talk us.
0: a little bit. What, what's, your, what's the goings-on of the Snyder on uh, household during the so Christmas?
1: We already had... Uh, we already had, uh, let's see, what do we have, two Christmases? Because we go to uh, my wife's grandma's every year. Uh, it used to be on Christmas Eve. We used to always go on Christmas Eve, but then it just got too busy for people. Um, so then, wow, this year we just went the Saturday before. Um, my parents, like my family, did it just on Sunday. Yeah, uh, And now we will go to Amy's parents, like Amy's family will do it on Christmas Day this yeah. year. So we'll have, like, Christmas morning at home, do whatever, and then we'll head over to her
0: parents by, like, probably 11, 10 or 11 or something like that. Nice. We will do the same. Head to my parents on Christmas Day. Um, afternoon, actually. Usually, we go there, like, in the morning, and we have kind of a brunch. Yeah. Um, usually, we have a brunch at my sister's, and then we go over to my parents for lunch or dinner. Yeah. But, uh, this year, that's not what's going on. So we're just basically like chill Christmas Day, and then we're going over there for the evening. Oh, and then nice. uh, Christmas Eve we always do at our house. that's Marley's family. Oh, nice. I'm excited. Did you go uh, overboard on presents with the children's?
1: Um, I don't think it was I don't think it's overboard, no. We're always pretty, pretty good. Like we don't like to get a crap load of presents for them. Just because of how much stuff they do get, like in total.
0: Yeah, from extended family. Yes, extended family,
1: grandparents. Like my mom likes to get a lot of stuff. Amy's mom likes to get a lot of stuff. Like this is Amy's mom's like thing. She loves Christmas to death. It's her favorite time and she can go overboard. I wouldn't say she goes overboard, but she gets plenty for each child. Yeah. And then so like what we get them, I think is good. Is good enough. You don't need much more than that, but we always get the bigger ticket items. Yeah, you know what I mean. So there,
0: do you ha- do you I set think it's, boundaries like number of presents or value of money, or no? You just just go with the flow. You yeah, don't, we kind of get an even amount of presents per child. Child,
1: um, I guess I don't know if they're even or not. I think it is about an even number, but I think we go more towards like value of presents gotcha. compared to number of presents. Gotcha. And then there's always at least one present in there. Because with three boys, it's really hard. Because if you get one boy something, the other boy wants that exact same thing when they see it. Right. So we have to get a few presents that are for like all of them.
0: Oh, we do a bunch of those too. You know what like I mean? The because the only,
1: the only way around that kind of stuff is if you get those all in one presents, and then it's not a big a deal for them when each one gets their own thing. Right. Because since they're so close in age, um, especially between Grady and Grant, like if one of them got something that the other one likes as well, then it's it can be it can be tragic. Yeah, and like birthdays are an issue. Like you still have to we still have to tell them like this isn't your birthday. Right. This is only for you know Grady or Grant or Graham whatever. Like Graham's birthday was just last Friday. That's what we did on Friday. That's why I thought we felt I felt like we had another party. It was because of his birthday. Um, and he got some things and grants grants like all over him. Like, well, that's fine. You can play with them too, but you have to remember it's for his birthday, right. not yours. So yeah, all in all, I don't think we've went overboard.
0: Did you, um, <clears throat> we almost always go overboard. Um, because me and Marley are both like children. <laughs> okay. Like we go to the toy store. We're like, I want all the toys. Right. And it's easy to go overboard when they're young because toys for young kids are cheap. They're pretty cheap. Yeah, they are. So you just kind of keep buying shit and you're like, well, eh, that's 10 bucks. Eh, that's 20 bucks. Right. You buy a bunch of stuff and then you're like, oh my gosh. You look, you wrap it all and you put it out and you're like, this is excessive and ridiculous.
1: I, I don't really think that way um, when it comes to like buying presents because I feel like I've lost that childhood wonder yeah. in things. And all I think about is the amount of crap that's gonna be in my house. And here's what really aggravates me though is that I look in the basement. We've got a large basement and all of their stuff is crammed in the basement that they just never play with. And I could go down there and pick out things that they've gotten for Christmas that they haven't played with since last Christmas. Right. You know, and that's, I get aggravated. Like, why are we doing that? Like, let's get more value. I agree in presence rather than so many things that they're probably just going to be like, Oh yeah, I played with it one day and I'm never looked at it again.
0: I agree. We definitely, I don't think we went overboard this year. It's easier to not go overboard the more children you have. So (laughs) we have three kids. So like if you, there's a certain point where it's fun to buy a lot of stuff, but then there's a certain point where like, okay, we're done with that. And when you're buying so many for each kid and you have three kids, it, you you reach that point quicker, right? So you buy a lot of stuff, but when you divide it out by three kids, it doesn't seem like that much per kid. And even though in total it seems like you've gone overboard, and the reality is, you know, there might only be, you know, whatever four or five, six things yes. per kid. And yes. it's like it's still a lot of stuff, but you know.
1: And I think that's where we're at. Is is that? But uh, the I can tell you the one year we did really go overboard. It was. It would have been Grady's second Christmas. So he was a year and a half old. Wasn't even two years old yet. And it was right before it would have been, you know, like six months before Grant was born. But that that Christmas, we really went overboard because he was over one years old. So we got a bunch of stuff. But we also he also got so much stuff for like later on in his life. Yep. That it was just an onslaught of presents from everyone. Like yeah. we bought a bunch of stuff, like the grandparents did. And it, it was overboard for a year-and-a-half-old child. And th- I remember that Christmas, I was, that's what I thought afterwards when I had all of this stuff laying around. And I was like, this is for one kid. Yeah. And we already knew Amy was pregnant with Grant. So I was like, if this is for one kid, yeah, it, 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 what's you, it going to be
0: like for two? It's less when you get and more it, and-
1: Right, and it was. Le- it
0: ended up being less. But you then- always go overboard when the first one's little and stuff. Right. And you always think, like, if your kid gets bored of opening presents and just, like, stops opening them, you know you've gone overboard. Right.
1: You know you have gone too far. <laughs> it happens. We've gone too far.
0: Um, But, no, I don't think... I, I, and I also like to buy presents. I love buying presents. I love buying presents. I like wrapping presents. I love giving presents. I like buying presents for everybody. Really? And... uh but I like... That's, that's something new I've never known about you. I do like... I also find... Like, we don't shop throughout the year. Like, at all. Yeah. We don't really buy much throughout the year. No, nah, so, like, I think that's a bit of a fib. I think you're fibbing. No, uh, we don't buy that much stuff, like, throughout the year. We really don't. We have Amazon boxes around all the time. Yeah, because we get, like, our groceries and oh, that well, kind oh, yeah, of stuff okay. through Amazon. That's true. But we don't, like, buy... Like, we... I wait. Like, if there's something that I know... Marley needs or we need. Yeah. Like, I just buy it at Christmas time and it's a present. Yes. Like, and it, you don't feel bad about it. You're like, well, we were going to get that anyway. Yeah, I gotcha. You know what I mean? So I do a lot of that sometimes, but. Okay. In the so spirit that's like, of, that's like a, that's like a, well, that's like cheating. It is basically. kind that's of. That's like cheating for Christmas. It is kind of, but you know, whatever. It's still cool. It's like, if you know you need a, a new phone yeah. at some point in the next month, but you open you're still excited if you open yeah, one absolutely. up on Christmas you know what i mean but you're going to get one anyway so you don't feel bad about spending whatever the money it is that you're going to spend
1: yes when this when this comes out i guess i'll know the outcome but i had bought i bought amy a gift and i've been waiting for it to be delivered this was like 2 weeks ago it was like a last like a last minute thing that i saw i was like oh she'd love this so i bought it right away and it said we will email you when it ships yes yeah, i haven't got that email <laughs> So I'm curious as to where that one that one is. It's like sitting in limbo at the moment. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to ship it. I mean, they took my money awfully quick, so
0: um, we'll find out I where that like goes. I feel like this year, um, Amazon has been a huge disappointment. Almost everything I've tried really? to buy on Amazon for the kids... We tried to do a lot of shopping on Amazon. Almost everything we were looking at wouldn't ship till after Christmas. They're sold out of a bunch of stuff. We basically bought no toys on Amazon. This year was terrible for that. We bought almost... Like Target has become the new uh it has it uh, really are us, and they really stepped up their game this and year price especially. wise they've really they're really like they're almost always cheaper than and they run like specials like buy one, get one free. We were going through there, we bought like four presents for the kids, yeah, um from Target, and then, as we were walking out, I see it, and they were all basically it was on Disney and like Hot Wheels and a couple other things. And I see a sign I'm like it's buy one, get one free or buy two get one free or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy shit, um, we can get a bunch like bunch more free, basically, right. So we ended up like doubling the amount of presents, but like half of them were free. and then we had a bunch of like little things. yeah so you, like you buy a30 dollar toy, but we had like a two dollar or five dollar little stuffed animal that was gonna be a stocking stuff, but that's Disney. So yes. you got to throw that out.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want to buy like another $30 because they're going right. to take the half off of whatever's the cheapest. So yeah, we do a lot of, we do a lot. That's of a that good deal. They had really good deals on the, cause we got the Nintendo
1: switch for the boys this year and they didn't, I've never had it before. I, I, everybody's always talked about it. We've never paid attention to it until this year finally. And uh, so we waited like way too last minute because everybody was out of them. Um, and we missed the Target deal because Target had a deal where you'd get thirty dollars back.
0: Yeah, it's been going a all cart. week.
1: I know, and they did. They were all out of them. The one, one in Shorewood, the one in Plainfield, the one in Juliet, the one in New Lenox, all of them. But gone. Amazon
0: came out last week with that same deal.
1: So Amazon did come out with the same deal, and every single one that I found was going to ship on December twenty seventh.
0: Oh yeah, and that's the problem Amazon. Sent, you
1: you would get it on December twenty seventh. I was like, no, the boys got it. They've got to have that like on Christmas. And I called, we were in Juliet and I called the Morris Walmart and they had a deal going on where you got $20, like a, a $20 gift card. And they had, they had one in stock. They had three, um, three of the colored Joy-Cons and then, uh, like four of the black Joy-Cons. And I was like, can you hold one for me? And they're like, we can only do it for an hour. I said, good enough. That's what I will do. And then I get there and it was the only one left. No shit. So from the time they have my
0: GameStop too. The
1: time we left, Jolie like the Joliet uh, Mall. I think we were at the mall. No, we were at the Target. So either way, sitting in the Target parking lot from the time I left there and got to the Morris Walmart, they had sold like six of them, except for the one I held. Luckily, and I'm really glad I called them back because I hung up the phone and Amy's like, "Would they hold it for you?" I was like, "Hmm, I don't know." So I called them back again, asked them to hold it. They did. And I'm really glad I did that because they were all gone.
0: They have them at GameStop. Well, I didn't know that at the time, but that was the next thing. <laughs> I don't know what the that. deal they have at GameStop is. That's probably not quite as good. But Yeah,
1: the deal at GameStop is like, we'll give you $0.47 cents of in-store credit for all of these games you've just turned in.
0: Yeah. They have some good deals there. I bought... They do? They Yeah, I bought um, Jedi Fallen Order for um, somebody, and it was $60, $60. That's what a game costs. Yeah. It's $44 at GameStop. They had it on sale. No kidding. Yeah. Plus, uh, I'm I, a GameStop member, so I get a five dollar uh, thing every month to use. So. I've just been so against GameStop. Oh, I love for it for a while. I love GameStop.
1: They so, were so over. Overpric- they used to be really overpriced, and then it's really not anymore. It just got me really upset when I turned in a bunch of games, like old games, three sixty games. But this would be like, shoot, years ago, years and years ago. Now, I turned them in, and then they're like, okay. You get fourteen dollars. Yeah,
0: never trading games. It's not worth the. That's you son of a. Well, I've found that out at the sometimes they'll run a deal when like a new console comes out. Yeah, they'll be like trade five games, get like two hundred dollars off the new Xbox, or like trade your old console, and they'll give you like half off on the new console. Yeah, so you got to watch out for those. But yeah, I don't know. We bought Cash uh, Luigi's Mansion, Mm -hmm. the new one. He's been wanting that, and then this was the first year I Sky. Has never really been into games too much, but she likes to play them a little bit. Yeah, but we've never bought her a game. I'm like, you know, we should buy Sky a game. Yeah, and so we got her uh, Just Dance. She'll, she likes to dance. She'll like that.
1: Yeah. So, you just took her to dance the other day.
0: Yes, I did. So, in the spirit of Christmas, I got Jerry uh, uh, a little Christmas, uh, darn a little it. Christmas. You
1: put me on the spot. Present. Here. Do I open it on air?
0: Yeah, on air. A little on snarf air live. talk christmas present. well
1: you'll have to wait till the next episode for your gift no you don't happen to, to leave it at home you don't have to get so let's see here Ooh, oh it's oregon trail <laughs> a handheld oregon trail they make these
0: uh so that's the only reason i got it because we were walking around coals and Look i just seen it sitting there
1: if, and if you like, watch
0: the YouTube video, you'll be able to see this right now. I just saw it sitting there. I'm like, well, I got to get that because we were just talking about that. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's amazing. Thank you. That's pretty cool. And it was on my top 10 yeah. or top 15 uh,
0: video games. Yeah.
1: That's slick. And it looks like an old uh, Game Boy
0: yeah, in a it's way. it's pretty sweet. Know? Hopefully it works. Did you play it already? No, I
1: didn't even oh. try it. Well, we're going to try it here shortly after the show.
0: All right, so that's it for that. We're gonna do real quick before we get into the Star Wars um, review. We're gonna do a quick, like uh, Witcher, not review, but like first impressions. Yes. Yeah, so the uh,
1: TV show The Witcher came out on Netflix. Henry
0: Cavill is Geralt. Yeah, it's something we've both been looking forward to uh, a lot. Um, I played. We both played the game, although I didn't play um, through the game but I did play a good portion of a bunch of it. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm not super familiar with the character or the, you know, world, but um, it's the, the type of thing that I really like. Absolutely. And uh, so, anyway, I've watched the first three. I think you said you watched the first episode. I just wa- I got through the very first one, yes. This is no spoilers on this, but um, what were your initial thoughts, reactions? Um,
1: so, when I initially came across, like, uh, and saw little snippets of... Henry Cavill as uh, Geralt and saw pictures of him. I've said it on air where I was like, that looks kind of goofy to me. I wasn't really excited for it, to be honest. Even though I I played a lot of the game, um, I just wasn't that excited for it. Once I saw him and watched the show, I enjoyed it thoroughly because I was like, holy crap, way better than I expected. Um, I think the production is really good. Yeah, And I was, um, I think it's going to fill a hole that Game of Thrones left in my heart.
0: Okay. So this is that's interesting you said that because I had thought all along, I'm like, this is going to be the next Game of Thrones. I do not think it's going to be the next Game of Thrones.
1: No, I don't think it's going to be. And I don't don't mean that saying like, it's going to take Game of Thrones place. No, no, no. This is a completely different. It's very
0: different than Game of Thrones. It may be
1: in the same, you may look at it and think it looks, like the same type of world in a way, but it's different. It's, it's not like going different... to catch
0: the cultural zeitgeist like Game of Thrones did. right? It's not as easily accessible to your average viewer that Game of Thrones was. Right. It feels like a very nerd show mm-hmm. that people are going to nerd out on, but it isn't going to catch the mainstream, and that's fine, but it's perfect. I yeah, I don't think it needs to. A couple things that jumped out at me really quickly on this is like uh, Henry Cavill... I didn't know that he was capable of this. I didn't either. I honestly like, I like him as Superman. I haven't really seen him in much else. Um, I never thought of him as a good actor. Mm -mm. You know, he's never done much with that character, but it's not a character you can really do much with.
1: The only two things I've seen him do is Superman. And then the guy in uh, that mission impossible.
0: He was in another movie that I saw that he was pretty good at, but he's really good in this. And that character, like, I don't know what they're doing with his voice and, or something. They're like, if that's just his voice, or they're modulating it somehow,
1: um, I don't know. I guess I didn't really pay attention to it as much. I it, thought it was just his voice in the first episode. In
0: any case, he looks great. He sounds great. Um, his acting is great. He plays it perfectly. And as you go look further on the show, you'll you realize even more. It's a it's a legitimately, I think, a brilliant performance. Yeah. Um, I think he's doing really good. The one thing that jumped out of me in the show that just. Uh, about halfway through the first episode, I was like, what is this? This is not what I thought it was going to be, you know, because I was expecting more of a Game of Thrones thing. Yeah. Um, this is a video game. This is like if you took a video game and took all the cutscenes and it's put them together and cut out like the journeying part. Okay. It's you like so? the cutscenes of a video game. And when I say that, the initial reaction is like, oh, that's not good. It is good. It is good. It's perfect. It feels like video game cutscenes put together, which is my favorite part of the video game. Yeah. And um, it's brilliant. I I don't think we've ever seen an adaptation of a video game. First of all, we've seen very few successful adaptations of video games. So here's the
1: thing. This is technically not an adaptation of a video game. Well, that's true. And so I had read um, an overview of what the show was going to be, before I watched the first episode uh, just to get a feel for it, because I, I guess I, I was under the assumption it was going to be an adaptation of the video game. So it's not. It's an adaptation of the of the books, and they're saying that the first season is an adaptation of the first two short stories that were written. One's called uh, The Last Wish, I believe. Um, yeah, The Last Wish and Sword of Destiny. Okay. So they're combining these two short stories into the first season, Um, and so, but they kind of jumped really fast into main characters. So I know in that first book, they don't give you, uh, the three main characters in that first book until like way far in the end. And they kind of mash that together in the first episode, I know. And it was just to get across like who the main characters are going to be. So you've got Geralt, you've got Ciri, which is that little girl, uh, like princess girl and then Yennefer is uh, the other main character and those three are what's going to continue on. Oh, that's clear when you get further in. Yeah, and that and they did that on I th- I think this is just me like as a complete guess, but I think that they threw them into the first episode like that so quick just so that you know right away, you know, they have to convey like who the main characters are and get their stories out there so that Oh, yeah. you know, so that you don't wait two or three episodes to find out who your main characters are. It doesn't work.
0: So yeah. Well, and this is a very much like it's a jumping around show. So they're going to do all of these. And, and just because I've watched more of it, they're going to follow these storylines concurrently in every episode. But what I really think is interesting and enjoyable so far, only being three episodes in is while they're still doing that, I feel like every episode is like, it's almost like a standalone, like almost like oh, a procedural. Okay. So like, you know, an episode is a quest. It's a side mission yes, in yes, the game. Yes. Like a side quest is an episode. But there's also the continuing storyline that kind of cuts in and out of that. Sure. Um, I just really think the way that they're structuring this show and they're making it feel like a video game side quests and main quests and cutscenes is really brilliant. And it's definitely not going to be for everybody. It's not going to probably hit with your casual fan. Um, but it's definitely going to hit with anybody that's into fantasy genre or into the video game series yeah. or into swords and sorcery or anything like that. Um, it's going to hit really hard with those And people. honestly,
1: I was kind of blown away. Um, I guess I just didn't assume that there was going to be the fight scenes to like as good as what they are. Well, the
0: fight scenes are great. And it's really funny. As I've watched this show, I think of the first thing that jumped in my head is like, this feels like... A highly produced version of those 90s, um, like Hercules or Xena. Yeah,
1: I watched Hercules with Kevin Sorbo all the
0: time. It feels like that, but better. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah. And I'm just really enjoying it. I am surprised because there was a point in the first episode where I'm like, well, this isn't going to work and then that quickly went away and i don't know what happened to spark that so it it sparked in me cuz i agree with you like the first half of the first
1: episode i was like huh like what's what's happening here i thought it was kind of slow it almost seemed like
0: almost seemed like low budget
1: yes it did but then all the but then once that fight scene happened when he came back to the town and all of those guys were standing there oh, yeah. i was like ooh man we might see something here and boy do you like yeah. They go they uh, he goes off, and i I like that yeah. I like to be able to see the ability of your character right off the bat so that you know like that's what I was talking about with Mandalorian, where it kind of bugged me where they were all talking about how great this guy was, but the only thing you've seen is him get shot a bunch of times and kind of, and he got beat up by that woman that he was the shock trooper f- from the Empire in the third episode. And that bothered me because I was like, everybody talks about how great of a warrior and fighter this guy is, and every time I see him in a battle, he's getting shot or beat up. Right. And I don't, I don't think that conveys the message you're trying to tell me, right. you know? So in this show, right off the bat, you find out the dude's a badass, yeah. and he's going to continue to be a badass as long as
0: this show continues. If you have no knowledge of the Witcher universe at yeah. all, yeah, it's going to be extremely confusing. Right off they the bat, yeah. They, they don't, don't tell you what a they Witcher, don't Witcher is. give you a lot of exposition. They kind of pepper it in, but they expect a lot from the audience. I, I would agree. And that's if you good, have a problem a with my only, because I know most people listening to, aren't going to be familiar with Mm-mm. the Witcher universe. Sure. And I'm not super and familiar. I, me either, really. I mean, I played one game. Yeah. Just like, just, just go with it. Don't worry about it because a lot of it's not going to really matter, and most of it, just like in a video game, anytime you start a video game like that, like an open world type game or an RPG, you're you're a quarter of the way through the game before you understand what the hell's going on. Yeah, really, you are. You know, and you don't really understand how the threads go together, and that's what this game, this show is going to be like. Halfway through the season, you're going to understand. Like even by episode three, you know what a Witcher is without them having to to. Like, shove it in your face. Right. To have some weird
1: exposition of them explaining what a Witcher is, you know, just f- so that you get that message. Right. Because a lot of shows will do that. And movies do it, too, where, they, where you know, they have to go on a heist, and then all of a sudden you'll have this one guy explain every step of the way that somebody has to go through or what you're going up against, just so that the audience knows, like, oh, this is what we have to know. Right that's what they do a lot of but in the first episode they do not explain any of that
0: no and I um, to I, think, you. I think that's fine I think the even though I haven't read the books I'm I'm fairly sure that they're like really successful books as apparently far as I know. there's a bunch of them I don't know if they're like New York Times bestsellers but they're really success there's a huge fan base there
1: yeah they started they're a Polish series yeah it's from a guy that in Poland uh, Poland Polish writer. so
0: I'm all on board I Partially because I like this format that they're going with. Um, partially because it feels kind of familiar, like almost a video game format. But a lot of it is because of the production value, but also just Henry Cavill being really brilliant. Yeah, I, I really think he's good. really, really good. And, you know, it's a sword and sorcery and monsters show. Yep. And if that's not something you're into. But, I mean, if you
1: liked Game of Thrones, if you liked like uh, Supernatural. Uh, Robin Hood.
0: Yeah, I mean, anything like that. Yeah,
1: any of them like that, you'll like it. But again, you have to understand that it is a very in depth fantasy. You know, like you're going to see right off the bat this like hideous looking spider monster that he fights in the water. Yeah. And then there's magic
0: involved. But you're going to get into politics of elven society and human society and. Human hybridization. Yes. It's a whole thing, but just go with it. It's very entertaining. Agreed. Um. So that's The Witcher. That is The Witcher, and we're going to talk a lot. Of, I think we're going to talk a lot more about The Witcher. I was just going to say, forward.
1: expect more of that because...
0: We haven't, bo- I, both of us, I've only watched three episodes. There's eight, so you've yeah. only watched one. Or I've seen
1: one, and that's how much I just talked about it, because the first one it was pretty good. I was... Because like I said, I just was not, I wasn't that caught up in it. I didn't think it was going to be that great because I was not sold on Henry Cavill. Yeah.
0: Because
1: I think the first uh, like uh, pictures that they had out of him or shots of the show were just like literally shots of him standing there in the makeup. And I was just kind of like, eh, that looks kind of hokey. You know, I didn't think it was going to, I didn't think it was going to translate well into a TV
0: show, but it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into it. So we saw... The last Star Wars movie yeah. ever to be made Star ever Wars again. Rise <laughs> of Skywalker. Um, we've been teasing it here for the last couple of weeks. Yes. We went uh, on the night it came out. Um, us and, and Dude and Pagoda and Dan, we all went. We had sushi. Very good sushi. Very good sushi. And we went to opening night. We sat, perfect seats. Yeah. GDX. GDX in Aswego. Strapped in for the full experience. So, go. Go. Okay. What do you think?
1: Right off the bat. And again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Oh, yeah. spoilers. This is spoilers. it, guys. This is spoilers. where spoilers
0: start. At some point later in this episode, we're going to talk about, we're going to rank all the Star Wars movies, but for the next probably 30 minutes or so, we're going to spoil this movie. Yes. So, uh, right off the bat... The very opening scene of the
1: movie is Kylo Ren going to a certain planet that you don't know about yet. He's walking into this like cave-like thing, um, and you immediately start hearing the Emperor and things going on in Kylo's brain. But yet the you know Emperor Palpatine's there, and you get to see him. So that right there, I loved. I loved that opening scene because it really set the tone for everything. Like, holy shit! Really, there was didn't-
0: a very ominous. Scene,
1: yes, and you you didn't really know where it was going to begin with because Kylo's there. I guess I don't really know why he went there, but I think he realized he was hearing him in his head. He finally was like calling him to this place. Um, and I liked that a lot. I thought, oh man, this is really going to start something uh crazy, you know. And then it then it jumps over to you know Ray and what she's doing the The big thing in the beginning of the movie was that it would jump from Kylo to Ray to Finn to Poe to Leia to Kylo to Poe to Ray.
0: Yeah, it's very
1: constantly.
0: Fast moving. This has been a huge criticism uh, of the movie in general. Um, but the beginning of this movie, yeah, it's it's jump cuts. it's very fast. It's covering a lot of exposition quickly, and it's yes. also catching you up on all the characters and what they've been doing. Very quickly. And
1: I, I understand that they needed to do that. Like they have to catch you up on things. Um, it just takes a while for all that to converge.
0: Yeah. It didn't, uh, this is not something that overly bothered me, honestly. I didn't mind the start to the movie. I think it, it gave it a kind of a manic excitement. Um, and I don't want to spend a lot of time rehashing all that exposition.
1: No, we don't need to at all. And I'm
0: glad that they didn't spend a lot of time with it. Really?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I am too. I just, it was somewhat disjointed. Yes, disjointed and a little bit overbearing. Because I was like, man, we just, can we just stay in a spot for a second and yeah. figure out what they're doing? Because I felt like they were cutting in them in the middle of what they were doing to go to somebody else and then coming back to finish up what they had started. Like, like normal scenes would would play out a little bit, you know? So that was my only thing in the beginning. Um, and that's really all I need to talk about w- w- with the beginning. Um, right off, right. I guess it's not right off the bat, but at one point they go to a desert cause they go on a national treasure hunt. Right. Yeah. So they have to find uh, the, what was it called?
0: Wayfinder. The
1: wayfinder. And the wayfinder is what was going to get them to find the emperor uh, and be able to to kill him, get rid of him.
0: For some reason, they felt a um, need that this this was needed to be done as quickly as possible, despite right. having no ominous threat that's told them that needed it needs to be done quickly.
1: Nope or or a plan of any sort. Like they just start throwing everything together right then. Once they figure out that the emperor's there and controlling things, and Ray has this feeling and talks to Kylo. And they got to go find him and kill him and win everything. So that's what they start doing. But before any of that, so they go to this uh, desert planet. What, what planet was that? Do you remember? No, I don't. They go to this desert planet. They find this uh, like dagger with writing on it. And the dagger with writing on it is what tells you where the next Wayfinder is.
0: It's a- called a MacGuffin, Jerry.
1: A MacGuffin, Yes. That's their MacGuffin.
0: Yeah. And this movie is chock full of MacGuffins. And so they find it right
1: off right away. They find it real easy. Uh, but in doing so, then like, uh, Kylo was chasing them and they end up getting chewy. They, they capture him. Really cool scene with Ray, uh, two really cool scenes with Ray in that, uh, on that planet. One where she cuts Rilo or Rilo, uh, Kylo Ren's spaceship, like his, uh, what is it?
0: It's like a TIE Interceptor or something. It's like a TIE Fighter
1: of some sort, right? It's a right? TIE Interceptor. Well, she cuts the whole one side off of it. One of his wings cuts it off. She's running away from him. He's speeding towards her.
0: With the lightsaber that she has that she didn't feel worthy to hold five minutes earlier. Right. Even though she's had it for the last two movies.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she jumps up in the air, flipping around, cuts the uh, wing off he crashes. She thinks like, Oh, I've won everything. And then he walks out of the flames towards her. And then they have a force battle between a carrier ship. Um, and they, she like pull, starts pulling it towards her. Well, then Kylo Ren starts pulling it away from her and she gets like all worked up and mad enough to where she shoots lightning out of her hand, which you've never seen before from anyone except for the emperor. Yoda could do it, but he never would because he's not going to do it Dark Side Power like that. Um, but she does it and then blows the ship up and they immediately think Chewie's dead. Uh, and then they realize he's not dead. And then they figure out that they just need to go immediately to the ship and save him.
0: Yeah, they the, need to get on a Star Destroyer.
1: Yeah, like we're going to fly directly to that Star Destroyer and go save Chewie, and who cares about everything else And in this luckily, movie?
0: we have this phenomenal little MacGuffin that some bounty hunter lady that was going to kill me. Yes. Two seconds later, she's our best friend. It gave us a pass. Amazingly. Amazingly,
1: she happened to have this pass. That's
0: going to let us get on this Star Destroyer. Yeah. Without any... Repercussions Rhymerism or drama, or, yes. Yeah. We just get a little pog <laughs> yeah. that we found five minutes ago.
1: Yes. So, the, you know, we, we can pick it apart like that and say there are goofy things. Are there plot holes in the beginning?
0: Yes. Oh, boy, there's a lot of plot holes. This, this movie in general, and I don't know, you know, I know we're kind of going through it here, but I'll just say overall, it has a lot of plot issues and has a lot of pacing issues. Um, I don't care about plot holes at all, or very yeah. little. It is annoying that half of this movie is a national treasure hunt, like the movie National Treasure. Right. And it's chock full of, like I said, a MacGuffins. And if you don't know what that is, that means like, it's like an irrelevant item that only exists to move you forward Story to the forward. next plot point. Yeah. And there's they're not necessarily a bad thing in a movie. No. Um, but they can be a bad thing. And if you choose... To fixate on it, it's, it's annoying. Um, but if you just let it go, chill. Just let it happen. It's fine. Whatever. But it is a kind of annoying because there's like four or five moments of that. Like this thing that happened two seconds ago now allows us to do this next thing. And, and it's the reason it's somewhat of an issue is just because it's so
1: apparent. It's very apparent. It's not covered up. It's not... Nothing... Nothing helps it along other than that one thing, like that one specific thing that they needed. You get, and then you can go do the next
0: specific thing that you need to do. Yeah, and you got this specific thing by complete happenstance. Yes, exactly. Like you, they at this point at one point they go to this planet, all right, and they come in contact with this mercenary or bounty hunter that Poe apparently has a history with, Mm -hmm. and and she's great, and they have a lot of funny scenes especially at the end yeah they do very funny yes and did you know that's a uh what's her name uh uh carrie russell no is that who it is yeah because i knew she was in the movie yeah and she they only show her eyes yeah you i'm never assuming see her. they're gonna do more with that character i hope you so. don't get carrie russell and then just do that
1: i forgot that she was in the movie but yeah i knew she was
0: um but anyway so you know they're at this planet and bam like she's got a gun to his head she's like i'm gonna kill you you dirty piece of shit yeah and then like two seconds later she's their best friend and she's helping them
1: yes they explain what they're doing and then she's all of a sudden like okay well then you have to follow me because i know exactly what you need
0: yeah and then and then she she happens to give them that coin that gets them happens to later on get them on the starter story after they happen to fall through a pit and happen to save a snake who happens to knock a hole in the wall so they can get out of the pit, which even a Sith Lord can't get out of, which just happens to mean they stumble onto a dagger, which just happens to match up to a spot in the Death Star where they happen to find a Sith Wayfinder. I mean, it's just crazy how much of it there is, and it's lazy plot writing is what it is. It is, really, and
1: and I think it's because they just had to cover so much ground, and they had to have a reason to do these things, but... In saying all of that, once they do find out where this Wayfinder is, when they go to the planet uh, where the Death Star has crashed well, onto,
0: before you get to talking about that, let's talk about what happens when they go onto the Star Destroyer. Because I know that's one thing that really bothered you.
1: It did, just because. So they get they get their ship up. Uh, they're in the Falcon, right? Are they in the Falcon at that point?
0: Um. Yeah, they are. No, no, they're not in the Falcon. No, they no, they're in the Sith Lord ship.
1: The Sith Lord sh- that was crashed on oh, the desert right. planet. Yeah, that's right. They or he was like a bounty hunter, wasn't he? The Falcon, a Sith bounty uh, um, hunter
0: who had the Falcon, a Jedi oh, bounty hunter. Or something? Uh, Lando took the Falcon and rescued him.
1: He did. And anyway, so he they fly up there on that bounty hunter's ship, and they just land in one of the bays right off the bat because they have that chip that'll get them through. You know, the that gives them clearance onto the ship. So they get onto the ship, right? And as soon as they open the door, they come barreling out of this thing, shooting everyone right away. Yeah. Like, as soon as they get on the ship, they shoot everyone in sight. How do you figure that's going to work? They don't even do that in A New Hope. You're, I mean, they're trying to be sneaky. Yeah, you want to be sneaky on this ship, right? Because you are obviously outgunned. There are so many people on this ship. Um, why would you just start shooting? Like, even if you kill everyone uh, in that area that very small area that you're in someone's going to know that right and they do right away because they immediately get caught um but that's still that, a that, cool that,
0: sequence it is cool in general
1: and i liked i liked how it all ended up playing
0: out but then they point, happen to have oh i guess you just got lucky you're about to get shot and then it just so happens that i'm the mole general <laughs> Hux, the guy that's gonna trying to kill you, turns out to be the mole, and, and then just so happens to let you go. So they talk about that
1: earlier, that they were getting, um, in the beginning of the movie, they talk about some uh, information they got from a mole that's in uh, the First Order. And so they get the information, but they don't really tell you what the information is. They didn't even really look at it yet. And then when they get onto the Star Destroyer, that's what he does, General General Hux, right? Yeah. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Um, so they're going to kill Poe and Finn. They're literally going to murder them on the ship. He's like, dispatch them. We don't need them. So then General Hux says, I'll go. And he goes with them. And then he says, let me do it. I've wanted to do this for a long time. And then he turns and shoots the... Uh, the, uh, the firing squad. Yeah, the, well, the whole firing squad. And then he turns to them and literally says, I'm the mole. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was super cheesy. Yeah. Um, they could have had a little bit better writing there, but anyway, are, are you good with like the beginning part? Yeah, cuz I think That's fine. You know, so they find all these things. Well, then they how did they come to figure out that they needed to go to that one planet where the Death Star was?
0: Uh because that's where the other Sith holocron or wayfinder was.
1: That's where it was, but they didn't know it at the time. From C
0: three PO's memory, who?
1: Oh, they, by the way, oh. they introduce a whole new character to the Star Wars world. In and uh, people
0: are talking about this character, and I'm agree. It was hilarious.
1: He was absolutely her- hilarious. What's his name? There was a
0: lot of good funny moments Bulba, in the movie.
1: Uh, Bulba Frick.
0: I don't remember but, what it was. Bulba but.
1: Frick. I think is. I know his last name is Frick, and I know it starts with a B. It's Bulba or Biba or Biba Frick, something yeah. like that. And uh, Pagoda was sitting next to me, and he leans over, and he's like, it's like a drunk Russian. He's like, it's like a drunk Russian alien. And it was exactly like it, the way he talks and his whole little movements. Yeah, Really funny. I liked him a lot.
0: Yeah, I did too. Everybody seems to like that character. I hope he's in more stuff. Yeah. But yeah, they're just like, okay, well, it's in C-3PO's brain. Oh, unfortunately, C-3PO just can't tell us about it. So now we have to (laughs) go on to the next MacGuffin so we can move the plot story forward. So they go anyway to that. And they're not concerned at all with wiping their friend's memory at all, even though he says, uh, I just want to look at my friend's one last time. I know, that was a sad part. It was sad, but nobody cared. Nope. They they didn't didn't care at all. all. They're just like, I'll throw away that fucking droid. That droid that's been through 40 years of history. Yes. And saved the the rebellion. Yeah. Just wipe it. Not important.
1: And they did. They wiped everything.
0: (laughs) He ends up getting it back from R2. Yeah, well, whatever. Anyway, that's how they get the maps, and that's how they... Get to the they Ray. In the meantime,
1: is that Jakir or? Isn't that where they go like Jakir or something like that?
0: I don't remember. But in the meantime, Ray kind of gives up and she goes back to what is it, Ock or wherever she did her training with Luke Skywalker. Yeah, um, and blows up her ship. She's like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna stay here forever. Well, in the meantime, she finds out. Oh, yeah. The big reveal. The big reveal where she
1: is Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter.
0: Yeah, that's the big reveal, which nobody in the theater seemed to give a shit about. I didn't hear a single gasp.
1: Really? Um, I guess I wasn't even paying attention to that.
0: I Um, have big problems with this. All right. This is probably, of everything about this movie, this is my biggest issue. Really? Um, Yeah. Okay. You want to get into it? Yeah, I'd like to know why. I don't so that's the big gotcha moment of the whole movie. Rey, who is she? Who, who is Rey? Yeah. Who, who is she? Is it Luke's daughter? And after Last Jedi, we find out in the big reveal, that was shocking. Your par- You're nobody. Yeah. Your parents are nobody. You're nobody. And none of us really truly believed it. But anyway, we find out in this circumstance that uh, because, plot, she's Emperor Palpatine's daughter. And who, why? Granddaughter. Granddaughter. Why? What does that change about anything in this movie, making her Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter? She could have had the same journey, all the same things could have happened, could have had the same result, all of it, without her being Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter.
1: Correct? Yes. Okay. So So
0: why do it? I don't know. It ruins her storyline. The whole storyline of her. Her character development at that moment is destroyed. Her character moment of I'm nobody who came from nothing. Yeah. Um, I came I am nothing. The Force and then we even find out at the end of the last Jedi that little kid he gets the broom. We realize listen, the Force is for everybody. Yeah. It's not for the Skywalkers, and it's not for these small groups of people. It's for all of us. It lives within all of us. It breathes within all of us. Rey is the example of that. From the shining star, she is the example of a nobody who's risen to become one of the most powerful, theoretically powerful Jedi that we've ever seen, Mm -hmm. um, seemingly without any training. But she's gotten to this point, and you're ready for the resolution of her story to ring true. Nope, she's a palpatine,
1: yeah, that's a very good point. I never and thought you of just it think that about way it and you're and like,
0: why it does ruin
1: that, doesn't it? and the whole reason the whole reason he wants to get her back is to, because you know if she kills him, then she can take over the Sith
0: and yes, get his I guess. his powers. he could have done all that without and then her the me. whole like deity thing she was he was trying to do that with Luke Skywalker, that's not his kid, right. No, I know, so she you know it's not enough for her to just be a powerful Jedi or a powerful force user because we've seen at this point we're not really sure if she's Jedi material I mean she's firmly not in control of her emotions, not in control of her fear, um, not in control of her anger, just as Luke wasn't right um but anyway, that was a big problem I had but Whatever. I'll let it go. I just think that was the the, the worst part of the movie. Um, a lot of the other stuff I can forgive um, and forget. And I can ultimately forgive and forget that, too. But I just don't understand what why it needed to happen. Um, I don't know why, either. And
1: I, I, di- I didn't really think of it that way um, when the movie was playing out, though.
0: So I feel like her character got um, shorted in a big, bad way. But... To balance that, um, we saw a beautiful story arc, and Kyle Ren's story really pay off well. And I yes, think they treated really, that fantastically. I called it, by the way. I was listening to our last podcast, and I everything exactly that I said ha- was going to happen happened. Really, with his storyline, yes. And uh, I don't believe you. Yeah, no. I it, <laughs> it's documented. Back. I don't. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's neither the point. I think they did a great job. Um, when they do go to Endor and they find the last Wayfinder, that's when the movie um, changes. In, that, in my opinion, that's when I think it got significantly better.
1: Yes, that's what I was going to bring up is that once they find, uh, once she goes out to the Death Star and leaves like everybody behind to go out there and actually get it, uh, it all starts changing big time at this point
0: well because they've um they've established established everything. everything gotten where they need to get to move the story to resolution
1: yes so and that that was my point in the beginning is that so there was so many things that were having to happen all at one time to get you to this one point so once all those things converge to this one point that's really where the movie takes off that's where it that's like the start of the movie there in your an hour and fifteen minutes in probably, and um, or more yeah or it could be more it could be an hour and a half but anyway she gets on the ship she finds it but Kylo Ren appears literally like appears out of nowhere um, and they have a little bit of a tussle and it's awesome I th- you've seen it on a lot of the trailers and on posters and stuff where they're fighting in the water nobody really knew I was like where's this water world at <laughs> makes sense once they're there um but when they're out there fighting and just seeing what ray can do and seeing what he does and and the way the battle happened with the water splashing in between them gosh i i liked it a lot and that right there was the whole turning point for kylo ren too because they have this battle she kills him basically uh, again, this is huge spoilers. So they fight. Yeah, that was shocking. They, they fight, and he feels Leia at that moment. Um, yeah, because that's I mean, when Leia his was guard dying. down. Really? Yep. He, He's
0: got her on the rocks.
1: Yeah, he had her like pinned down. She he has, was. He
0: has her dead to rights. Super tired and wore out, and she was like done. I love seeing them both fight, and but be so exhausted they can barely lift up their lightsabers. Yes. That, that was, was really cool. cool.
1: That was like a, a real fight. yeah it looked like a real fight because that's what would happen.. Yeah. People get tired and they and she was like so overexerted. you know, like she's just like slashing wildly at him towards the end there. She knows she's being overtaken. And then yeah, uh, Leia steps in and basically says something to him and he like stops and he's like thinking of her or hearing her or doing something in the force. And she's like, well, I ain't messing around with this, and stabs him in the chest. Yeah. Uh, which honestly shocked me. I didn't Very think shocking. that was going to happen because she wasn't to that. She's never really been to that point where she'd just kill you, you know? And she realizes it. Oh, yeah. right directly after that happens, she's like, I can't be this person. Well, you already find out that she can force heal things because she did it to a snake for some reason. Um, because they
0: needed a plot a way to get out of that tunnel yes and so
1: she healed the snake he got out of the way and revealed a big hole um and they got out so anyway she can force heal and it technically isn't something new it is new in the theatrical release movies but it is in canon uh because i believe they talk about it in certain books i can't tell you which book but i think they do and it's in video games yeah but you know, it's a force ability of people and she does it to Kylo. She saves his life, heals him up. Um, and he realizes like, it's something that she didn't have to do. And then they kind of look at each other. Well, then she leaves, she takes his ship, yeah, runs off in his ship and leaves him stranded there. And he, then this is the part, another part that kind of shocked me is that Han Solo comes back in this movie.
0: Yeah. And it's a great scene. It really is. It, it's, One of the best scenes in the entire movie. You wouldn't expect it to be. Um, On the surface, you'd almost think how it's possible that that could be a little bit hokey. But it does not come across like that at all. It's a very powerful scene. In fact, that whole sequence is powerful with Kylo and Leia dying, some others, and Han Solo coming back. You're not really sure whether or not he's there, or my guess is Leia is projecting a memory onto him yeah that's a good um that would be my guess but you don't really know and and it doesn't need to be explained it's a beautiful scene and he throws away his lightsaber and that is when he is no longer he is now ben solo again kylo ren is dead
1: yeah and he says i like the point where he's like super vulnerable and he's like i know what i need to do i just don't think i'm strong enough
0: which is a beautiful callback to the force awakens yes and he says the same thing to his dad he does the same scene and then he kills him, yeah
1: and then he says it and uh, he like looks down at him and he says, "I know." and then he turns around, throws it into the water, and then Han's gone yeah and and they and he calls him Ben again, and uh, it's just really great. that whole scene is just really, really great. How he got off the ship though, I don't. Or how we got off oh, of uh, found <laughs> of uh, the Death Star, I don't know.
0: So then we move on to like the final set piece. Um I mean we're we're skipping over when um I, I mentioned it briefly, but when Ray goes to I think it's called Octu, but where she was trained by Luke Skywalker, destroys her plane, she's gonna stay there the rest of her life, just like Luke did. Yep. Goes to throw away her lightsaber and force ghost Luke pairs, catches yes. it. What are you doing? Makes no sense because in the last movie he thought it was he grabbed the lightsaber and he just threw it. Remember? Oh yeah, he did. A really obnoxious scene, but uh, now it's uh, all—it's very valuable. Um, (laughs) But he um, is—I thought Luke was good. There were some good exchanges there. Not a lot for him to do here, but um, he just brings her back, and he he does bring his X-wing out. Um, For her to use, which is cool. Yep. And he gives uh, her Leia's saber, which is a a cool moment that, you know. It was really They have an amazing flashback scene where they do a CGI, young Luke and young Leia doing Jedi training together. It's never really been confirmed in canon that I know of, um, at least in new canon, that Leia was actually a Jedi. Right. Um, It makes perfect sense, and I'm glad that they did confirm that, and she should be a Jedi. Um, I know they've done it. A lot of the expanded universe books. I but thought they
1: talked about it in that new Jedi Order.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I thought they've talked. I've I've read books where she's a Jedi, but they're not canon anymore. So oh, okay. I've read Legends series books, but um, she gave it up, and obviously everybody knows she's Force sensitive. In the last Jedi, yes. we saw a lot of that. But yes, um, she in fact is a Jedi. She had a lightsaber, um, or at least was just an during her training. Yeah.
1: So during her training, she does all of that stuff, but she basically gives it up right right away because she... What did they say? Because she sensed what was going to happen with Ben or with Luke or Luke and Ben.
0: Yeah. And she's like, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, basically. We also find out that uh, Finn... Is Force-sensitive. Is Force-sensitive, which never gets paid off. Um, I thought it would... And they they go out of their way to mention it like six times. They Just do. Rub and your I, I still
1: it. think because he says something to Ray uh, when they're getting sucked into that pit right in the on the desert um, where she heals the snake, uh, and he says, "I have something I need to tell you." And, and they and never, you never hear yeah, it. And never but tell I it. think that's what it had to have been. And I know he says it a bunch of times yeah. to everybody else, but she was never around when that was when he was saying things like that. Yeah. And I th- I think that's the only thing that he could have been h- telling her.
0: They've kind of been hinting at that throughout the whole series. I, I, I assume that he would um, take up the mantle of being a Jedi, um, and maybe he'll get there eventually. Um, they sure go out of their way to point it out all the time, and I'm not really sure why. They don't really pay it off in a, in a big way, but... You know, it's clearly... It almost feels like a residue from The Last Jedi when they had the little kid with the broom. They were trying to say that, like, it's for more people in the universe than just these people. Yeah. And, you know, they're almost doing that with Ray or Finn, but they don't really pay it off. Any case, um, they go to The Last Planet. They have some great battle sequences, um, you know... uh, X-Wing sequences, things like that. Yeah. They have an amazing moment, which sounds like it would be really stupid, but when they're riding horses on a Star Destroyer yeah. and shooting bows and arrows.
1: So, yeah, they get they get to where the Emperor is. They finally find where the Emperor is, and uh, they all shoot over there, and they have this one last big battle where the Resistance is going to take down the First Order, and then they get there and realize like how many ships they actually have. And they're like, oh, man, hopefully... Lando, because Lando's job was to go find other people in the universe yeah, I mean, to it's, it's, come it's, and help them.
0: It's Return of the Jedi. That's and what this Yes. Is. It's so, Return of the Jedi. They have a second Death Star in the form of all these ships all with these planet ships. killing things that uh, whatever, plot, 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 plot. Um, yes. <laughs> but and you know So they're
1: they're fighting it and it is at one point in the in the turret of the Millennium Falcon during that, it is Wedge Antilles. Yeah uh Wedge comes back which I think is great that he has a cameo because in A Last Hope he was a really big deal um and a New I, Hope or uh, yeah a New Hope did I say last? Yeah. Oh, the Last Hope. But it's funny I mean movie.
0: how similar this is to Return of the Jedi like um in Return of the Jedi they have to go to the forest moon of Endor to take down the shield generator for the Death Star which is under production. In this one they have to take down a communications tower to yes. prevent that and then they move it to the second location and then they have to take the horses out there to basically take down the lead star destroyer the same as the shield and, generator i mean it's essentially so the that's same what uh that's what you thing. were going to say is
1: like so then they land on the star destroyer and they put and they're riding they're running on top of it but they're riding horses on top of it too and yeah you would think it's going to be really hokey
0: It was 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 pretty awesome. Yeah,
1: it was really cool. They're riding horses. At
0: one time, she fires like a laser bow and arrow, which is pretty sweet. Yes, it Um, was.
1: That part was really neat. I liked the whole battle scene all together. And then at the same time, that's when Rey is going to find the Emperor, and she does. She gets to
0: him. um, and Inexplicably, she has to kill him through some variety of... Whatever plot that she needs to kill him so she the emperor can become her, blah 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 blah, even though when she kills him later on, it doesn't seem to count the second time, only the first time.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter, <laughs> I guess because well, he kills himself, really. I don't know, yeah, yeah, I guess he does kind of because she just deflects his, yeah, uh, energy, energy. But, um,
0: there's a, ama- I think
1: it's also what they what they point out there, and I think what they're trying to convey is that. He's telling her this is what's going to happen and you have to believe me cuz I'm the Sith lord and you're going to be the Sith lord and this is what you believe. It's all being like spoken to you as what you believe and she has a, like an aha moment of when she's like laying there and asking people to be with her and like we're with you, like I'm here with you. That's when she realizes like I don't I don't have to believe any of this. I yeah. can just do what I need to do and I know this is the
0: right thing. She has the same awakening that Luke Skywalker has in Return of the Jedi on the Death Star when the same moment is happening with the Emperor, because it's the same movie.
1: Yes. You've said that already. <laughs> but uh and then and then I think that's when she's having that realization of like, I don't have to worry about being a Sith Lord if I don't want to be. Yeah. I do like how they have the Emperor in this movie. Amazing. That dude is super old. I don't know how they got him to even He's act. not that old.
0: He has to be. He was only in Return of the Jedi. You know that, right? He wasn't in Empire or in I thought he was Hope. in Empire. No. They added him later. Really? They added him in, in the 90s when they redid those movies. They yeah. added a scene. And that's probably what you yeah, saw. Yeah,
1: probably... Well, I had the original trilogy on I know, VHS, but you probably but-
0: saw the second ones then and that just yeah. became part of it for you. Yeah. But... Yeah, no, he wasn't. He was his first movie was Return of the Jedi, which was like eighty four, probably oh, somewhere okay. around there. So I mean, he's not that old. Well, either way, he looks pretty old. I yeah. mean, they have the but emperor. It's amazing because he's like a he's almost like a marionette on a yeah. there's like computer, boom, or like, like a boom arm,
1: boom arms coming down with him at the end of it.
0: I love what they did with that. Around. I like the idea of awesome. like he. It's a payoff from the prequels. People are a lot of people are. Are kind of pissed off. They're like, why are you bringing the emperor back? Can we move this story on? And right. it's like, but it's established in the prequels. Like he says he finds the method for like eternal life. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of cool that he was the architect of all this stuff. It's really cool when you're going through there and you're seeing uh, like baby Snoke clones in right. like Bakta in, tanks. Yeah. That are like, he is, he did all that. And then it's cool that he is like, obviously created this entire fleet, which uh, on the surface you can be like, okay, this is ridiculous that he has this gigantic fleet. But it's like, okay, but he, he's like mastered cloning. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense because in an Attack at of clone, the Clones, he that's what they he is Darth Sidious and he's the one that went and got, the went to Camino and got the clone army. And he, you know, that's what, that's what Sith do. They do cloning. So, I don't know whether or not the big uh, gigantic stadium of Sith that he has in there are clones, or they just don't really even exist.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they really even exist. I
0: think they're like, this, how she's all the Jedi, that's all the Sith. Yeah. Like the spirits of them. I thought it was cool when they did a scene with her where she's like, I am all the Jedi. And then they have the voices. I think they had like Sam Jackson. They had Ewan McGregor. <laughs> yes. They had Alec Guinness. They had Hayden Christensen. They had uh, Yoda. Yep. They had all of them, Luke Skywalker. I thought that was cool. Um, but again, once again, the coolest part for me was Kylo's journey, or Ben Solo's journey back to help her as he takes on the Knights of Ren. Yes,
1: that part was really cool where he's fighting. And they pass
0: the, the uh, lightsaber to him through yeah. their like connection.
1: They have a connection, and they can pass things through the Force to each other physically. Yeah which has which never they've been, been teasing they tease throughout the movie but you never see a physical because earlier in the in when they're on the death star or not the death star a uh, star destroyer earlier in the movie uh she sees uh Darth Vader's helmet when Kylo Ren's looking for them on that one planet where they you know the bounty hunter becomes their best friend yeah that same planet um he's looking for her down there and they are having a force connection in, in their minds. And he doesn't know where she's at. And then she uh, destroys because they start having a fight, an actual lightsaber battle through that connection, which I thought was really awesome. Like seeing them flash back and forth uh, between each other. And then during that fight, she hits the stand that the the that Darth Vader's helmet was on and it drops in front of him and he can see it. And he's like, so that's where you are. Yeah. And I thought that part was really cool. Yeah. Um, But then, yeah, later on, so he comes back uh, to help her because after he talked to the old man, he realizes that he's just been solo and he can do this with her. And he goes back. He doesn't have a lightsaber anymore because he threw it into the ocean. And so he just comes back to try to fight the Knights of Ren. They're beating his ass. And then she passes him uh, a lightsaber because they felt each other in the force. And he pulls out the lightsaber, and it's blue. And they like look at him, and he kind of just shrugs, like, "Yep, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna use this now." And I thought that was really
0: neat. Yeah, and they have a, their final showdown with the Emperor, which is it's great. And Kylo Ren gets knocked off the cliff. She defeats the Emperor. Um, she dies in the process. Um, he comes back. He comes back. He uses his force. Life force. I don't want to call it force healing. He transfers his life force to her, saves her life. They have a a really powerful moment, a powerful kiss. You realize Mm -hmm. they truly do love each other. They have the entire time. Yes. And uh, then he dies. And then he dies and disappears into the force. And it was shocking.
1: That part was really good. Uh, Really
0: good and really shocking.
1: Yes. I don't, the one thing I don't like about it was just a one small moment and it was right when he died um so right when he died they like have this kiss and he's looking at her and like smiling and laughing and then or like kind of like chuckling about it because they just kissed and then he does this
0: <sighs> yeah
1: that was the only thing i didn't like
0: i didn't even notice it so is
1: that one little part and i was like hmm, that was funny yeah um just like they could have been a little easier of a death but he literally <laughs> just does us yeah and but the whole scene the scene as a whole is freaking amazing yeah and honestly to me the last half of the movie from the death star to that point completely redeemed itself to i me. agree and
0: i i said that we walked out of the movie and i said that i said the second half redeemed the first half yeah from there they have a nice scene like the battle of endor scene where they're all Celebrating, and then the post-log or the epilogue to the movie is her on Tatooine, returning Luke and Leia's lightsabers. Yes. And um, an old lady yeah, walks them. by, asks what her name is, and she sees the force ghosts of Luke and Leia, and she says, you know, I'm Ray Skywalker. Yes. That's the rise of the Skywalker. Uh, hinting at the fact that, I mean, she's not done. No, she
1: couldn't be done, and that's what you brought up after the movie because... You've always said like this isn't actually over. The Skywalker saga to that point is, but now it'll probably continue with Ray. Yeah, in a different and Finn. I'm guessing will be yeah Finn and Poe will still be
0: involved. I'm sure. So I, yeah, as we're talking about the whole, um, the first half of the movie was rough, but still enjoyable it's all very enjoyable and I think the, it's a fun movie it's a it's a very fun movie it does a good job the second half of the movie um, well the whole movie has a lot of problems throughout but second half of the movie is very entertaining it's very good and it redeems the first half and it actually does get you pretty excited and pumped um, at no point in this movie do I feel the emotional stakes and the gravitas of it being the conclusion of 40 years of Star Wars I would agree with that, and that's an issue. Well, the only time I do, but the only time I felt
1: like uh, th- that, I felt like any stakes at all was when they were finally directly in front of the emperor, and only because they're standing directly in front of the emperor, and ha- and there's only one way out of there. Yeah, it's either you win or you lose. Like those are the stakes at that moment. And everything is building upon that moment, obviously. But she knows that this is it. it, it, This is it. Like, this either wins it or I, I die, you know? And that was the only time I felt the weight of what she was doing because of the situation she was in. And then the situation that everyone else was in, fighting, you know, all of the various star destroyers and people flying around out in space because they open he opens up like a skylight and she can see all of that but uh that's the only time i felt like there was an actual like actual stakes yeah other than that like you had said before um there was really no reason in the beginning for them to have to go find him right like he if he had sent out the star destroyers already to like go blow everything up, that's when I would say like, Holy shit. Like they need to do something about that. But prior to this, they have no knowledge of the fleet that the emperor has until they get there.
0: Yeah. No, so, I, I totally agree. It was, it was like, there's just a lot of rushing to move to the next plus point and rushing the movie in general. Um, but overall it's fine. I mean, when I walked out of that movie, I walked out of it with the opinion of, um, you know, I, I didn't care for the first half and I really liked the second half. And overall, I was really happy and I had a great time. Yes. That's how I walked out. The next day, I started reading reviews and stuff. And, and really, I mean, just to catch everybody up, the, uh, the, the f- reviews are terrible. The critical reviews. Yeah. The fan reviews are very high. It's a complete opposite of The Last Jedi, where the critic reviews were like 96%. The fan reviews were like 50%. Right. It's a complete opposite. It's a very divisive, divisive movie. Um, And I understood that. And So I started reading the reviews, and I literally couldn't find fault with any of the negative reviews. I agreed with almost all of them. Okay. And you would have probably agreed as well, because they were all making very valid points. Right but ultimately after a while i sat there and thought about it and i go okay or you can just appreciate it for what it is so that that's where i'm at um
1: i am a star wars fan yeah i will forever be a star wars fan and i will forever be a a fan of this saga or c- series of trilogies um no matter what you know i've always backed the prequels even. Like I've I when those were coming out, I thought they were the best things that I'd ever seen at the time. I was super yeah. super young at the time, but um I thought they were like the best things, you know, because it's the only thing we had gotten. And when these movies came out, like I liked The Force Awakens when it came out. I liked uh Last Jedi when it came out, even though there's a lot of issues with it and whatnot. Well, I've, say, I've always said I, I like, kind of like the
0: movie. I, I will say this movie made me appreciate The Last Jedi more. I think this movie is better than that, though. I don't. I think I The do. Last Jedi is a better movie um, thematically, plot-wise, pacing-wise. And I think it, it established a lot of interesting things moving forward that this movie essentially just kind of tossed. In the same way that uh, The Last Jedi tossed just like everything from The Force Awakens, yes. this movie did that, this back to The Last Jedi. Now, I know there's a lot of thoughts like, oh, well, J.J. did the first one, Ryan Johnson kind of threw him the middle finger and redid everything, and then J.J. kind of did it back with this one. Not the case. I guess J.J. was very involved in the script and everything to do with The Last Jedi. I think it was all kind of planned out to oh, a certain really? extent. I didn't know um, From what I've read. But... It definitely was disjointed from The Last Jedi. They they had a lot of things they started that they threw away. Yeah. Not sure why they did that. Um but and this movie does have a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of things that don't pay off. Ultimately, though, it's it's a good time at the movies. Um it's hard, you know. This movie came out the same year as Endgame. We yeah, know we I know don't even I don't even rank
1: it on the same that's, I don't. That's rank my those problem, at the same though. Levels.
0: Like this is Star Wars; it needs to be as good as Endgame. No,
1: I'm not saying like I'm not. I'm not saying that Endgame was at such a higher level. I'm saying I don't rank them at the in the same vein. Yeah. Because I just. They're different Star kinds Wars of is movies. Star Wars, yes, and and Marvel is Marvel, and they are completely different movies.
0: But we have to get to a point I where just, they can be as good. As Endgame and Infinity War, I completely agree with you.
1: I, we weren't going to get that here, though. We weren't going to get no. that
0: with the Star Wars movies that were being made. I think at we the time need to because get, of the stories. And and in in retrospect, looking back, and we'll talk about this more. You know, I think there is
1: one movie of Star Wars that is on par with that. I do
0: agree too. We'll get to that. Um, but my point is, these movies are—they are. Uh, they are I don't want to say fan service because that's like a popular thing people are saying right now. These yeah. movies are retreads of the original trilogy. They are. The Force Awakens is A New Hope. The Last Jedi is Empire. And this movie is Return of the Jedi. They are exactly the same movies, beat for beat, um, on purpose. Yeah,
1: that's done, done so with Definitely new on characters.
0: Purpose. Whereas the original trilogy or the, the prequel trilogy, which was written and directed by George Lucas. Um, was under the vein of George Lucas. They didn't do that. George Lucas didn't have creative control of this. I think it would have been better if he did. I think we would have moved the story forward in a more mature way that actually um, pushed the universe forward. But that's not what we got here. We got retreads, and that's fine. They did it in a way that's homage, um, and it was entertaining. The visual effects were stunning. Um, and amazing, they were exciting, they were adventurous, and and this this is the best example in this third movie we've gotten of really terrific acting from Oh yeah, Poe, Finn, and Ray. This is the first time we've well got I, to see Ray do anything really.
1: Yes, absolutely. You get to see her do a lot, and she acts very well. I think,
0: and Finn too. And, he's been kind of a, almost a I don't want to say obnoxious, but I, he hasn't been my favorite character, and he was great in this movie. And Poe was phenomenal in this yes. movie. Yes, and. Uh, And Kylo. Like, I don't
1: think Kylo really did much in the other two movies. And I think he was really whiny and a baby. And I think they elevated his character a lot more in this movie. And he got to act. He actually got to act instead of pout.
0: Yeah. And his storyline, I I don't want people to think I'm trashing it totally. His storyline from top to bottom in this movie was fantastic. Absolutely. Um, There was a lot of really good things about this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I, I,
1: yeah, I, I've been picking apart, uh, things that were wrong with it. I really like this movie. Yeah, I I really do.
0: I'm excited to see it again. I'm actually, I wasn't the first day or so afterwards. I thought not that I was not excited. I was just like, you know, I don't really need to see it again, but now I really want to see it
1: again. Yeah. See this, this was one of the first ones out of the new trilogy that I want. I wanted to see it again right away. Okay. Like I, I did the other two. I wasn't, I wasn't like that. I was like, okay, that's what they are. And I liked them, but I was like, that's just what they are. And every one of them I've seen more than once, obviously. Um, but this one, I was like, I would go back tomorrow to see this again. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to do that, but I, I was of the mindset that I would see it immediately. Yeah. So that's it.
0: Anything yeah. else? No, that's uh, my a, a Overall, lead.
1: I say it's a. I think it's a good film, but we have a
0: lot to cover. We have a lot to cover, and, and we have a short amount of time to do it. So, we're going to get into our top. So, to wrap that up, to put a little bow on that package, yes, um, definitely see it. If Absolutely. you're listening to this, you've probably already seen it.
1: You need to go see it if you um, haven't already, because we just ruined it. I mean, we did not ruin
0: it because we didn't say no. it all in order, like it. I mean, we jumped around worse than the movie does. My bow on the package is that it was a solid, entertaining adventure movie with amazing special effects and some really hard-hitting good scenes. And I enjoyed it a lot. Um, we forget to mention that she created her own lightsaber, which is... A,
1: oh, yeah. At the end of the movie, she creates her own lightsaber that's yellow.
0: Amazing. Um, I, I'm excited for the franchise going forward. I think they're going to carry forward in this story. But uh yeah, there's lots of good things about it. there's some rough stuff about it, but that's Star Wars. every Star Wars movie has good things about it and rough stuff about absolutely. it. absolutely I don't care i if this had cheesy dialogue, definitely every star Wars movie has cheesy dialogue, yeah, um totally fine with that, uninterested you know it has doesn't bother me the funny status. moments, fun moments great great action sequences um you know is a hardcore listen if if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan and you're getting your hardcore Star Wars fandom from the franchise movies, you're looking in the wrong places. There's books, there's video games, yeah. oh, there's sure. uh, TV series. That's where you're getting your fandom at. Go watch The Mandalorian get sucked into that. Go watch The Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels. Read some books. Appreciate the movies for what they are.
1: Absolutely, but Star Wars as a whole has so much more to offer. Yeah. you know.
0: All right, so we're going to do our top,
1: or ranking. We're ranking all theatrical released Star Wars movies. There are 12 of them. Yes. Um, And Don't look at my list. I'll just start right off the bat, because one of them I haven't actually seen. So am I a real Star Wars fan? I don't know. I guess not. Chris would say no.
0: No, I would definitely say
1: no. Um, But I wasn't even aware that they... I guess I was aware that they made it. I just didn't know it was a theatrical release. I did not know it come out in theaters. I thought it was like just with the rest of the cartoons, um, animated stuff. But there's an animated Clone Wars movie. Yeah. And I have not seen it, so therefore I have to rank it at 12. Um, Okay. I apologize for my lack of... um, What would it be? Lack of... Hmm... Fortitude. <laughs> fortitude, <laughs> Yeah, forcitude.
0: Um, okay, so my number 12 is also The Clone Wars. Um, the reason for this is it's not a very good movie. Um, okay. <laughs> um, the Clone Wars series, um, and I, I debated whether or not we should include The Clone Wars series and Rebels on this list. The only reason I didn't push that narrative is because I know you haven't seen all of Rebels. Right, I haven't. Um, the Clone Wars series is absolutely fantastic. It's a must-watch Star Wars fan or not um, it's something you'll definitely fall in love with the characters it's amazing this is where you really get I think it elevates the prequel movies All right, because the relationship you get in that show between Obi-Wan and Anakin informs those movies and makes you watch them in a different way it's an incredible series the movie came out it was a precursor to the series it was like to help launch the series Mm -hmm. Um, it just wasn't great um, and it was just, ultimately, it was not bad either. It just, for me, was forgettable, okay. I guess. Um, so that was my number 12. I'll go to Eleven. my number 11. 11. My number 11 is episode one, The Phantom Menace. Um, I'll preface this whole list by saying I love every Star Wars movie.
1: Yes. And we're, there's something. We're, just, we're ranking them one through 12 yeah, because yeah. there's 12 movies.
0: There's something in every movie for me. Yes. Um, and there is a lot in The Phantom Menace that I love. And mm-hmm. I also, I don't know when The Phantom Menace came out, 98 maybe, 99, um, somewhere in that time range. Yeah, I, was I guess in, I'll have to look that I up. was in high school. Um, I was a freshman in high school or sophomore. Um, and, you know, I love the movie. At the time, uh, you know, yeah, it was Jar Jar Binks um, annoying. The sure. Gung- Gungan City kind of annoying was... You know, some of uh, this pod racing stuff on Tatooine, a little bit childish. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but I, I was bought in. I loved it. I loved every minute of it from start to the end, um, where mm-hmm. the battle droid's are a little dumb with their stupid little yes. talking. Yeah. But if I'm going to watch back all those movies, it's never one I'm going to go for. No. Um, I love, you know, some of the stuff they did with Darth Maul. Of course, they've expanded on that, and he's much better in the Clone Wars, and he's much better in Rebels. Um the main takeaway for that movie for me is like more star Wars. I was so excited when that came out me and too. Uh, blew my mind that it was even going to start happening again. And then to get Qui-Gon Jinn and the Jedi council and Coruscant and all these places that and I, so
1: at the time when that came out, which wasn't, it was 99 looking it up. Uh, I, I was in the same boat. I think I was in seventh grade um, when that came out and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. because I had watched the trilogies or the the original trilogy so many times I watched it all the time we had it on VHS and I would watch it constantly and then a new one came out and I was extremely excited to see where this was gonna go again I was pretty young so anything really pleased me and at the time um, that of this release like in 99 we were not getting the movies. You know, of the caliber that we get today.
0: Yeah. So, But it was fine at the time. I mean, it was cutting edge at the that's time. That's what
1: I mean. So at the time, this was a cutting edge movie that blew me away. I enjoyed the pod racing stuff when it first came out. Yeah, of course. Um I liked all of it. And I just was really excited to see what was going to happen with the character of Anakin. Like, we needed to see that. And we'd never seen it before. Plus we didn't know see anything a young was going Obi-Wan. on. Obi-Wan.
0: I mean, yes. you've always wanted to see that. All of it what
1: was really intriguing to me and in saying that that was also my number 11 was the phantom menace so is it one of the weaker star wars movie movies
0: yeah yeah it is it's weak but it's not it's not weak it's one of the weaker movies but it's more for me it's just one i won't go back to and you know why it's
1: because it does take place before everything else that happens in star wars that is better yeah like the better more juicier parts of the of the Skywalker saga that they call it um, don't happen here. You're just following this little kid uh, get taken away from his mom to do something bigger than him that he doesn't even know about yet. Right, and that's where it's at, and that's all there is to it. There's nothing else to it. You don't get to see Darth Vader. You don't get to see you know Luke. You don't get to see these people because they don't exist yet. And you're just left with this little boy that has to learn that Obi-Wan's his dad now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, that's it. So uh, that was my number 11. Can I do 10? Uh, Sure. My number 10 is Attack of the Clones. Okay. uh, Which was the very next movie in line. Yeah. The reason for that, again, is like the advancement of story here. They have to build up to things. Um, it's a good movie because you get to see that all they are actually making these clones and that's what their army is going to be. I think the big battle scene at the end of that movie is awesome. The um, Genosha. Yeah. Like all of that stuff is really cool. It's kind of hokey in some areas like, you know, because of like what Jar Jar Binks is doing and, but he's like the comedy relief, right?
0: So you need that aspect. No, to that. that's more in uh Phantom Menace.
1: No, but there's also Jar Jar getting like rolled over all the time in that big battle with the balls and stuff. I guess
0: I don't remember. He, they yeah. they took his screen time way down because he was. Oh yeah,
1: he, they took him way down, but he was in that battle running with the Gungans, and they roll over him with them big. No, that's balls. in the first movie. No,
0: it's not. That's the, that's on Naboo, man. That's in Phantom Menace. No,
1: I'm thinking about the big Clone War, like the war at the end, like with all the clones
0: like all of the droids and stuff where they let all the droids out that's in phantom menace the big action set piece in attack of the clones is when they're in the arena on genosha it's padme anakin and obi-wan in the arena fighting oh, the monsters you're right and then you get like the thousands of jedi that come down and they're like you're a thousand right. jedi lightsaber battle
1: oh that it's tells you that badass, I remember. man. I yeah that part is
0: really badass <laughs>
1: Dang, I thought that There's was There's only in, like
0: one scene of Jar Jar in Attack of the Clones, and like he's a senator now or something.
1: Oh, that's right. He's just in the crowd. Wasn't he just like in the crowd
0: there? No, I didn't think he was there. He was oh. like in a, he was in a ship or something. He might have been in the Senate.
1: Well, that shows you why I have it at 10, because I don't remember much about it.
0: All right, we'll, we'll talk about that movie I think later. it's like
1: the least watched movie I've had. Well, Phantom Menace probably is. And then after that is Attack
0: of the Clones. I just haven't really watched much of it. Okay, well, we'll do my number 10 then. Yes. My number 10 is Solo. Really? Yeah. Not for lack of uh, disliking it. I think Solo is a great movie. Actually, I think it was uh, a really fun movie. Um, expands on the universe a little. It just didn't really feel super Star Wars-y to me. Um, but it's a really fun movie with great action set pieces. That yeah. train fight, train yeah. scene's great. Um you know some of the stuff with donald glover's lando was kind of odd but
1: (laughs) yeah it is odd but he's a really good actor he's a really
0: good actor overall i like the movie a lot it's just not something that's super memorable to me it's not one that i've watched a bunch of times i've only seen it twice maybe um i like the scene where you know han and chewie meet i think the guy that plays han solo is great um it's one that i'll watch over uh, a little bit more to get a little more info about it uh you know, more of an opinion about it going forward, I guess. So for right now, it's kind yeah. of on my list just because I probably have the least exposure to it. Okay. And it doesn't really advance any particular storyline forward. It doesn't really directly connect to any storyline. They teased a lot of cool stuff, which is never going to happen. Um, right. But that was my number 10. So do I do my number nine? Sure. My number nine is dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Yeah. Here you go. Oh, wait. No, sorry. That's not my number nine. Okay. My number nine is <laughs> The Force Awakens. Aha. Okay. Um, the Force Awakens, you know, it. Not, again, there's a lot of really good movies above it. That's why it's at exactly. number nine. Um, but why it doesn't rise to the ranks of some of the other movies, like Rise of the Skywalker, for example, or some of the other ones, is just because... So I was so excited when Force Awakens came out. Yes. I don't think I've ever been as excited about anything in my life. I completely agree with you. I was, it was, it was never going to happen again. Right. We, we thought this was over and it came back and, you know, I was just a little bit, not that I don't like the movie and I can go back and watch it. I've watched it many times. It's a very fun movie with great action sequences, good characters, Everything I liked about it, I, it really is a it's a good movie.
1: It is, and I do like how they introduce everybody and get people out there. Like when Kylo was introduced, I thought that was great.
0: Uh, I think just meeting Ray in that general is, a badass is really great. Scene yeah, on that planet, absolutely. I mean, meeting Poe. Honestly, in a lot of ways, I'm probably not giving it enough credit. I probably should watch it again. But it was hard for me to get over the fact that it was a 100 percent rehash of A New Hope. Yeah, it was so on the nose. It's so on the nose that it almost bothered me, and I can't get over it. It bothered me
1: while watching the movie. Correct. Like in the theater, I was like, "Oh man, that's
0: like but this it, is a new hope." And it's fine now because I it realized is. that's what they were doing.
1: But at the time, you don't really I realize. I didn't it. know it's, that
0: that's what they were doing.
1: Yeah, it's just something that you stumble upon while watching the movie for the very first time in theaters as it's released, and it was. A bit jarring.
0: And and I told you at the time, I'm like, the first time I watched it, I didn't like it. The second time I watched it, I loved it. Yes. Third and, time. And I saw it probably four times in theaters. So and any movie I
1: watch, I shouldn't say any, but I most movies I watch, all Star Wars movies I've watched, I always come out of the theaters and think it's phenomenal. Yeah. I really do. I always do. It's just because of the high of going to movies and sitting there and seeing this seeing it on the big screen or whatever I just I love that experience so I always have a good feeling about movies so like always in the car ride on the way home um it's not it's not an accurate opinion of mine at that point right I have to take time to like to either see it again or just go over like what the movie is read different reviews and then like form my own opinion because at that point coming out of the movie, I'm going to be like, i freaking loved everything about it. Did you see that fight scene? Yeah. You know, that's how I'm going to be. That's why I didn't talk much about it in the car ride. And you asked me, you're like, are you like holding opinions for the podcast or whatever? And it wasn't that I was holding my opinion. It's just that if I told you what my opinion was at the time, it was going to be like the best star Wars movie I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> you know, just cause that's the way I feel at the time. Um, so that was your number nine, Force Awakens? Yeah. My number nine, Force Awakens. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I feel exactly the same about it. It's just two on the nose, uh, a new hope. But but again, in that scene, when we meet Kylo Ren, he stops a blaster
0: like, amazing. bolt and we get to see in you.
1: air. And I think that is one of the coolest things I've ever Todd seen and in Chewie, Star Wars. We're back
0: on the Falcon. Yes. We're home. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of great scenes in it. There's, you know, I need to watch it again. I agree. I need to watch
1: it again, too, because I haven't seen it in a long time. But uh, I like it. My I like it about number nine. I will do my number eight because we're doing it oh, yeah. this time.
0: Okay,
1: yeah, that's right. Um, Why are we
0: doing it? I weird? don't
1: know. Because we can do that.
0: Yeah.
1: My number eight is Last Jedi. Okay. Uh, And I don't know. We've talked about The Last Jedi a lot. I hate the green milk thing and milk in these udders on that animal I hate it that is one part that I will say I hate in the Star Wars world I think that is so ridiculous and unnecessary why do we need to see Luke sit there and do that like it adds nothing to the film I don't think it was funny I know they drank blue milk because they're in a different universe than us you didn't need to put that in there whatsoever um The way they portrayed Luke bothers me a little bit. Um, I think he's a much better Jedi than they ever put on in that movie. Um, He should have been portrayed as a better Jedi rather than being so doom and gloom. And like you had brought up earlier when, when he's like just tossing lightsabers and who cares about that and whatever i understand he's like given up at this point because of what happened between him and ben and like he kind of went the yoda way where he felt safer just secluding himself (laughs) from everyone else rather than hurt more people or cause more issues like he thought he was doing the right thing there i just think they could have acted that out better i think they could have written that better because yoda was great yoda's always been great The the reason why he went in hiding at Dagobah was for a decent reason because he felt like he failed everybody, like Jedi as a whole, the uh, the rebellion as a whole. Like he just felt like he lost everything, but he was still helping. Like he still trained Luke just fine. Like he was still doing
0: things with within the Force. The Last Jedi is Empire.
1: I understand that, but I'm just saying, like. I don't feel like it Luke was portrayed the right way.
0: Ray went to Luke.
1: But on seclusion. But Luke did not portray a Yoda Sunk figure. In X-Way. To me. Yeah, but Luke did not portray a Yoda figure to no, where it didn't. was like I didn't feel like he had any worth. But he until, didn't want to train Ray, and Yoda didn't want to train Luke. But he did very well. And And they both did. Luke didn't really train her much at all. There was like no training that happened. I think there's in that time
0: movie. jumps, invisible time jumps in that movie that you're not yeah. really aware of at the time
1: yeah but then i do i like his force projection of himself at the end of the movie i think that's awesome at the hoth part of the movie at the hoth part of the movie yes (laughs) absolutely (laughs) only with the red sand yeah or the red salt salt um i i think all of that part's really great i like how you see like uh uh, kylo ren gets so infuriated yeah and he just is so like beyond himself angry that he thinks he can just you know, do whatever he wants to do. He just, you can tell he's using his anger. I like how they do that in most of the Sith people. Like they just are so, uh, like they they just have to use their emotion. Their emotion is just so overcome in them that like, that's all they use. Right. Um, I like that. And I like how Luke looked at that point when he looked like the return of the Jedi, Luke, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of scenes I like, and I don't, I don't um, dislike it as much as most people do. I do have it as number eight, but that's still four places higher than other movies. Yeah. You know, it's I think it's pretty decent, and I've actually probably watched that. I've watched that a heck of a lot more than
0: I have Force Awakens. Oh, I agree, me too. So I'll, I, you know, we'll talk about it more because obviously I have it ranked a little higher than you. So. I'm going to give you my case for that movie when we get there. Okay. Is it me now? It is. You're number eight. My number eight is Rise of Skywalker. Okay. And I threw that in there because um, while I find it to be a fun, entertaining movie with a really good second half or third act, I should say, um, or very entertaining third act, I feel like it just lacked the emotional weight that was necessary in dealing with the gravity of its position in this franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, and I'm I'm saying negatively, but none of these are negative. Really. They're all very good movies, but, um, I was just a little bit ultimately at the end of the day, I like the movie a lot. I'll like it more when I see it more. Mm -hmm. I'll probably end up loving it. Um, the acting was on par, uh, much better than the other two movies um, for those characters. Everything was really good about it. There's just some bothersome things. And um, that's why I ended up there. But I still enjoyed it. Okay. My number seven? Seven, yes. Is Return mm-hmm. of the Sith. Oh my God. Re- burp, burp, burp. Revenge of the Revenge Sith. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Uh, Revenge of the Sith, which I just watched the other day and I really enjoyed. forgot how much I liked that movie. Um, yes. It is a great movie. Um, I just There's ones above it that I think are better. But, uh, uh, you know, I... That was, I think, believe in 2005 that movie came out. It was? Um, I loved it at the time. I thought it was great. Oh, yes. Um, and it really does tell a very good story and it really does sell you on The psychological breakdown of Anakin and the manipulation of the Emperor and the confusion that he causes in turning the Jedi Order, you know, clouding his perception of what the Jedi Order is. It's a very mature movie.
1: Yeah, I completely Um, agree with you. So you sold me on that uh, a couple weeks ago now um, when you were talking about it because you had just went back and watched it. So then I had to go back and watch it, and I watched it all, and I one hundred percent see it in a different light than I really ever had. I had always loved that movie um when it especially when it came out again, like after I saw that, I was like, that was the biggest payoff in a Star Wars movie I've ever had because I just needed to see all of the things that happened in that, especially uh you know with Darth Vader in the end um, but we'll talk more about it. Okay. <laughs> um, so your number seven. My number seven is Solo. Solo. I have it as number seven because I think it is a pretty good movie. I thought you were honestly gonna have it higher than what you did because you've talked about how you're like you liked it. It's I did, a good I really movie. did like it. Yeah.
0: And I like the fact that it can exist without having all this pressure yes. of these other movies.
1: So that's how I felt it was. Everybody was kind of panning it for a while as not that great of a Star Wars movie. Bull crap. Like I liked it. It it may not be perfect for Han Solo. It's not necessarily a perfect Han Solo movie. But then again, how how can I say that? Yeah. You know, like how can I say it's not a perfect Han Solo
0: movie? That's what we've got. My main problem with Solo, <laughs> my only problem really because you can't really have a problem with a movie that just tells its own story, exactly. Um, but my only problem with it is it really sets Han Solo up to be a character, which it was somewhat he isn't uncon-
1: uncharacteristic to what that Han character Solo's. should be. But yes. again, we're all just assuming exactly. And I liked a lot of how that's, that that story plays out. I love when they meet, when he meets Chewie and they go from there and I don't know, there's just a lot of things I liked about it. So I put it higher than most. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's still not halfway yet though. Yeah. My number six, uh, let's see what, yeah, six, right. Is rise of Skywalker. Okay. I have it as six. I do, I do like it better than last Jedi. And I know you were saying it doesn't pay off. Or it ruins the payoff for Ray being a nobody and and I never really looked at it that like that before until you brought it up just tonight. And um I would agree with you. I agree that it doesn't really pay off her character because now she's a Palpatine and everything that's happened before was like already written, you know? Yeah. It she didn't build anything up, it was gonna happen regardless of what she did. So Yeah, I do understand that, and that is a little bit kind of sad, I guess, for her character and not getting a payoff, but all in all, I love that she does have the ability that she has. I love the fact that she has to overcome the fact of knowing she's a Palpatine because I I think she's okay knowing that she was a nobody, but when she found out she's a Palpatine, that hurt her more than saying her parents were a nobody. Because now she's directly tied into the people that she thinks she should hate, yeah. and she thinks she's going to be, become these people that she hates.
0: Yeah, she does. She believes you know, that she's destined to become to that be fame. a Sith
1: Lord or uh, Duchess, <laughs> whatever you want to call her. Um, she doesn't want that. As soon as she hears she's a Palpatine, you could see like the crushing emotion in her face. Like this can't. This can't be me. And I think she would have been better off thinking she was a nobody. Um, and Kylo knows that when he says it to her. Like, doesn't Kylo tell her that she's a Palpatine? Um, yeah, he does remember. on the ship when they're fighting each other through the force. Yeah, okay, yeah. And uh, he he's the one who says it to her, and he does it just like he said, you're a nobody. He does it in the same vein as that but he knows
0: it's going to crush her even more because she's... No, he tells her she's a nobody to protect her in The Last Jedi. You think so? Yeah.
1: you think that's what it was?
0: Yeah, I think so. But in this one, he's telling it to her to crush her. I don't know. I dreams. don't remember. I'll have to watch it again. I've only seen it once. But Um. no, I don't think he's trying to crush her at all. He loves her. He wants to be with her. He wants them to defeat the Emperor together. Right.
1: So then why do you think he would go he would be the one to tell her she's a Palpatine?
0: I can't remember. Honestly, I I need to yeah. watch it again. Yeah. I, I need to see it again.
1: I agree. Well, anyway, um I, I like Rise of Skywalker just because of where it goes. I love that how they end. I love Kylo Ren's storyline. I like I like Ray's storyline, even though like we were talking about, I still like it throughout the whole movie because she's her acting is like way above oh, what she has better. done before uh kylo's acting is way above what he's done before poe is really great because i felt like he actually had a purpose rather than in the last jedi he was kind of
0: well the his purpose in the Sporadic. last jedi and we'll talk about that is but I, is he is a he's a um a fly boy they say it in that thing so he's yeah. a what did they he's got an ego or he's got you know whatever right um his character arc isn't really well paid off in rise of Skywalker either. Um, the idea that he grows, you know, his character arc is that, supposed to be that he grows from this kind of impulsive, arrogant, you know, jerk. And then he, you know, Leia dies, he becomes the general and he kind of comes full circle. And they don't really do a very good job of paying that off at the end. Like, he continues to be kind of an arrogant, impulsive um, person, even... Up to when he is in command, um, to a point because although he gives command with to Finn,
1: that's what I was gonna say because he goes to Finn and he absolutely tells him like I can't do this without
0: you. So like, I'm gonna it, need. I you. guess that's it's like a one line dialogue payoff to try and like quickly close his character arc off. But I mean, well, it could no, have but been, he does It like Could the, have been paid off better.
1: The whole third act is him realizing that he has to have a team of people around him. He can't be the one that plans everything. And then he uses that team to go to this place where Ray has told him to go.
0: Yeah. And he gets there though. And then kind of, I guess, yeah. Quickly realizes like, he doesn't know what to do. Right. So like that is the, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'll give it to you. So anyway, that's rise of Skywalker is my number six. I love the ending of it, to be honest. Um, I know there's going to be more involved with her. Uh, I just, I hope, I guess. I, I do really
0: hope there is more involved with Ray to see more of her character. I would agree. Um, and I, I don't think that I would have said that before this movie. I would not have. No, I would not have. I, honestly, but I've actually grown to like that character. Yeah,
1: I was not. I was definitely not in love with that character whatsoever because there was nothing to really love. They didn't give you much with Ray besides, I mean, I mean, they give you the base storyline and you know, it's around her, but there,
0: there was nothing there to really latch onto. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say my number six, which is the last Jedi. Um, I did really enjoy this movie. I liked it at the time. Um, i liked it ever since. I've probably watched it the most of any of the um, new prequel or new trilogy movies. Um, and I grew to enjoy it even more after seeing the rise of Skywalker. I liked the bold narrative choices that were taken in the story and the plot. I liked the ambition that Ryan Johnson had to move the storyline forward and take it in a different direction. Although ultimately most of that was unresolved. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the set pieces. I liked the, there was uh, Some really beautiful battle sequences. Um, There's a lot of really beautiful cinematography. There is unbelievable. I didn't like also a lot of the stuff with Luke. Uh, I had a lot of problems with what they did with his character. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it's nothing that keeps me up at night. Um, See, to me, it kind of was just because I had
1: I have so much weight on Luke Skywalker. See, I don't. I don't. How? I just never really because that's where the story. That was your main character, and then from that, from Return
0: Leia. I mean, they were all main characters. Darth Vader. I mean,
1: I know they are, but like Luke was the original Ray, right? So
0: I, I really never.
1: He was the one connected
0: that much on the original trilogy with Luke. Not that I'm saying he wasn't. I didn't connect with him, and he wasn't my character. But I guess maybe I gravitated more towards like Han Solo and and Leia and, and their situation. Um, but that was a side story to what Luke was going through.
1: That wasn't the main story. Uh, yeah, I mean... They're supporting characters to Luke finding out... That's arguable. How? I mean, it's literally about what Luke Skywalker is doing from the beginning to the end.
0: And it's the story more complicated him, than that. Okay, first of all... I'm we getting into I, a huge conversation here because that is just patently false. It's not. I mean, you it's, want me to break it down by movie.
1: It's based around Luke Skywalker, though. It is. I know there's more to it than that, but the original trilogy.
0: So Luke, you know, and Return of the Jedi goes off. He confronts Darth Vader, and but who's down on Endor? Who's taking down the shield generator? That's a huge part of that story. Yeah, it is, and that's the part of the story that I gravitated towards more. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about um, if we're talking about Empire, right? Um, a large part of that story is Han Solo. I know,
1: but I'm saying it's called the Skywalker S- Saga because it's about Luke Skywalker,
0: Anakin Skywalker, and
1: Anakin. But the original Leia. trilogy is where it's from. The original trilogy. So, A New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi. That story is about Luke Skywalker.
0: Whatever, I don't even know what we're arguing about because it doesn't matter. Like that that wasn't a huge issue to me. I, I thought I liked the direction they were going with that with The Last Jedi. I, I was a little annoyed that they threw away everything from The Force Awakens. But at the same time I wasn't upset up by it. I was alright with it. I, I liked a lot of what happened in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there the things that really bothered me about that movie were the political agendas. Um, were obnoxious to me. Found no place for that in star wars no um most of the everything going on in that casino city which was cloud city by the way i mean this is empire strikes back yeah it uh, was cloud city yeah <laughs> um uh, whatever anyway i thought it was a really interesting part with benicio del toro where he basically makes the case that there's no good guy yeah and right that's where the things like that i'm like this is driving the story forward this is what we need and then things like the kid at the end that pulls the broom which they didn't pay off. Like they never do. You know, yeah. we need that. We, that's good. You know, obviously I think it's ridiculous to have a slow motion chase through space where one spaceship can't catch up to the other spaceship and one's going to run out of fuel even though we've never heard about fuel before in the entire Star Wars universe. Yeah, you've never <sighs> ever heard about it ever before. And the It still built a lot of tension and they handled that did. tension well and that's, you know. And the whole force jump through a spaceship or through a Star destroyer, brand new.
1: Brand new, and I thought amazing.
0: Oh, I, are you talking about from Rise of Skywalker? No. What like, about the hyperspace chase? Because we've never established we've never really seen that you can yeah. chase somebody through hyperspace. But yeah, anyway. the hyper-jumping. I think The Last Jedi is a better movie than most people um, realize. I I would agree
1: with you that it is. My number five, right? Because it's my turn. Correct.
0: My number five is... Controversial. My number five is Attack of the Clones.
1: That is controversial.
0: I love Attack of the Clones. I don't know if partially it's because, you know, it came out, I was probably a senior in high school. So maybe some of it could have been like time frame, Mm -hmm. nostalgia reasons. But no, I think I'm going to make the case for Attack of the Clones being one of the best Star Wars movies. And I'm also going to make the case, now that I've finished all my prequel movies, that the prequel trilogy is fantastic. Um, it elevated Star Wars to a more mature level. It took basically the original trilogy, which was really basic storytelling, which is a good thing, Yeah, um, and adventure, and it took it to a place of m- more mature, emotional... Resonance, uh, political intrigue, um, world building. The kind of world building that Star Wars needed. Needed at at the
1: time, for sure.
0: Um, And it really did. It really built this whole universe that kind of changed your perception of Star Wars through these prequel trilogies. They're really not given enough credit. People watched them. They allowed their perception of Star Wars as a franchise to be transformed. And then they picked it apart by shitty dialogue. Yes. And they allowed themselves to get on this bandwagon of shitting on these movies, which just pretty much changed the game. They absolutely did. And I
1: think it was a timing thing too. So you have these movies come out when CGI is just becoming a pretty big thing. And everyone is getting the availability of uh, movie reviews like movie reviews were out a lot easier to the general public in two thousand. What was it two, two thousand two or three? Yeah. Um, than it was in the eighties. Yeah, you know, like the last movies you had were in the 80, 78 and eighty three and something else. I think it was seventy eight, eighty, and 80, 82 and eighty four, something, something like that. like that. Well, whatever. So. You didn't get movie reviews from those movies unless you were like reading movie reviews in the newspaper, right? Like it just wasn't as a big of a deal. And people went to the movie theater and they didn't have cell phones and they didn't have the internet and they didn't call people just to talk about a movie they seen. If it came up in conversation, yeah, well, yeah, I saw that Star Wars movie. That's it. Now these when these trilogies come out, they are just We have wide access to all of this stuff and you can slam them as much as you want because it wasn't anything like to a point. It wasn't anything like the original trilogy that everybody has been watching for the last 25 years. Yeah. You know, it was completely different because it was new. Yeah. Still in the same world, but it's brand new and not done the same way. It wasn't practical effects. It was CGI and everybody thought it was ruined.
0: Well, and you know there was the little things like the robots were ridiculous, or you know they looked yeah. fake, and they had these weird personalities. Anyway, let's get back to me telling you why the Attack of the Clone, or Why Attack of the Clones yes. is such a good movie. Uh, first of all, it's Obi Wan's story. Um, it's a story that I've always wanted to see, and it's a story you really, really get to uh, enjoy him as a character. But it's like it's when you really get the expanded idea of what a jedi is so this is the first time in the entire franchise where you understand that jedi are soldiers and spies in in phantom menace you understand that jedi in in the original trilogy you don't really know what jedi are right you know luke doesn't really even become a jedi so there what you understand a jedi as is is like a warrior Mm -hmm. a skilled warrior
1: yeah almost like a samurai yeah
0: what when what you get out of the Phantom Menace is you understand that uh, Jedi are politicians, okay? They broker deals, they broker peace deals. They have a you know they have a a council. They yeah they, uh, talk to the Senate. What you get out of the Attack of the Clones is that they're generals. You know they are um, spies. They are all purpose special forces. Yeah, and you really you get to follow Obi-Wan on a spy mission to uncover this, this, the clone army. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very intriguing throughout the entire thing. That's like the B-plot. Every time they switch... The only thing, and the, re, the reason why people shit on Attacking the Clones is because the A-plot was a really wooden romance between Anakin right. and Padme. You're right. Where they roll around in daisies. Yes. Okay? <laughs> but the B-plot, was solid gold, and that was him disco- uncovering the plot of the clones and um, who ordered them, or, and all the intrigue around that. And then he fights uh, Jengo Fett in the rain, yes, in Kamino oh, yeah. on the platform, That's a and really it's amazing. And the beginning of the movie, you got to remember, it's him and Anakin on a crazy wild goose chase through Coruscant uh, to try and uncover an assassination plot, right. On Padme, it's a, it's incredible, and you that get is you also good. get the and he's jumping from ship to ship. Yeah, and you get the uh, some great action, of course, but you also get like you start to feel like the brotherhood, right between the between two. the two, and then it ends up with honestly one of the best action set pieces of any of the Star Wars movies, and that's on uh, I think it's Genosha um, when they're in the arena, they're captured, they're in the arena, Padme. Anakin Obi-Wan are tied up. They release these gigantic monsters, which look great. And they fight them in this arena yeah. to these crowds. And then, you know, at the it, it, with Django Fett watching, and at the climax of this scene, um, the clone army finally shows up. Yoda in, in tow. Yep. They show up. Thousands of Jedi cornered in this arena, battling. Um, and that's when the clone army finally comes in and you're off to the races, man. Yeah. It's, it's a really incredible movie. Um,
1: yeah, you're selling me more and more on this movie cause I haven't seen it in so long that, um, it sounds pretty good. It just,
0: <laughs> it just gets weighed down, um, by the, the, you know, the narrative of Padme and, and Anakin falling in love. And that really is
1: what I remember about it is him, like their love affair was not good. I did not think there... Was. But,
0: I mean, there's killer sequences in that subplot where they go back to Tatooine and he goes to <clears throat> save his mother. Yeah. Um, where she's abducted by the Sand People. He goes to save his mother. Um, and You have to remember that scene fully. It was really powerful, even though it, the dialogue was wooden. And by the way, yeah. I, I, I've, I've begun to reflect on this a little bit more. I don't think Hayden Christensen is a terrible actor. I think the dialogue he was given was spotty at best. And on top of that, I think that he was playing that as directed. I mean, he was supposed to be whiny. He was supposed to be like that. Probably. Conflicted and whiny. But I think if you watch that movie again, you'll remember a certain scene where he's riding out into the deserts of Tatooine to save his mother. Uh And that's when they first uh, launch into that... Um, score, which is, I think it's uh, Dawn of the Fates or something. It's one of the best Star Wars musical sequences. It's the one with the big chorus background. Blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Blah, blah. Yeah. It's an right. incredible scene. And, and uh, that movie, whether I'm just crazy and I just remember for nostalgic reasons or not, Um, I really think it's an underappreciated gem. And I'll I'll take this moment to mention also, because it's the last of my prequel movies, to mention the fact that the score all the way through in the prequel movies... Are, is, is unbelievable and it blows the doors off of this new trilogy completely agree with. You. which is i completely not nearly as memorable um and the original trilogy is obviously iconic
1: no they use that i think they use the score in the prequels and the original trilogies but i think they use it more so in the prequels as like part of the movie it's Correct. like it's like building your anticipation for things and like when things are happening
0: it's score it's a it's true score. score and in uh the original trilogy, while well, they use the music amazingly, um, and they all, it's still scored, obviously, but it really it's, it's nuanced in the prequel trilogy, and I
1: think it kind of is in the new the new movies, yeah, but
0: not as memorably, yeah, in a way that
1: no, I mean it's like not as good. It's nuanced in the new movies. It's not like the prequels at a, at all, right? I agree when it comes to score. So my number five, because we got to get rolling. Uh, is Return of the Jedi. Okay, so I have it as number five. I love Return of the Jedi. the The one thing that I can remember about Return of the Jedi more so than any o- of the others is that it played really hard into being not necessarily campy, but trying to be funnier.
0: Yeah, it was. It was more directed at children, perhaps.
1: Right. It it really was. I think compared to the first two, like the first two, I think were. Um, portrayed a little more seriously and then return of the Jedi comes out and it seems more kid friendly. Um, even though uh, there's really good fight scenes really really, when you think, no, there's really good fight scenes and there's things that aren't technically kid friendly. It's just funnier. It's meant to be a little bit goofier than the other, the other two movies that came out. I think, um, from what I remember it. Um, but all in all, I mean, it's, it's in the top 5 here, so we're getting into some pretty good movies. Yeah. The trilogy is always going the original trilogy is going to be in my top 5 no matter what. Next week if you ask me, I might rank them differently, but um I don't know, Return of the Jedi, I think it's the weakest of the original 3, but still a very phenomenal movie.
0: Okay. You're on to number oh, My number 4. 4
1: is Re- Revenge of the Sith. Okay. So, I went back and rewatched it again after you had told me about it. And, yes, holy smokes is that good. I love the breakdown between Anakin and Obi-Wan. And not just, like, so he goes and kills the younglings. And, um, you know, did you see the security video of Anakin killing the younglings? And you can see the heartbreak in Obi-Wan the entire movie. like. Yeah. So much. And that got me all worked up because I was like, because when I originally saw it, I was much younger, obviously. I've seen it many times since then, but didn't really pay attention to it as well. Once you brought it up, I really paid attention to the movie. And Obi-Wan is like breaking down throughout that movie because of his brother, like his kid almost uh, in a way, because he had him since he was so young and been training him since he was so young. And then on the other side of that, you can see Anakin like not trusting a single person because of different things that have come up in, in his like journey. And then just being overtaken by his emotion. And that was where the Sith have been driven to begin with. Like his, he cannot control his emotions. He just can't get over it. And Padme is a big part of that, obviously. Um, and I don't know, like in the the whole scene on Mustafar where he actually, you know, You loses were supposed like, to
0: be the chosen one. Yeah.
1: And people like, I have the high ground. You know, that's always been a big thing on Reddit. They put that stuff up there all the time, kind of as a joke. But again, at the time, Obi-Wan is like, he can't handle it. He, he knows what he has to do because he is a Jedi and he's going to do like what his job He's not going to let a Sith win and at that point Anakin is basically one of them now. He's went to he's turned to the dark side.
0: I have to stop this. Do you think that transition of Anakin from Jedi to Sith is what makes Obi-Wan more powerful than him? Because clearly yeah, absolutely Anakin is the more powerful Jedi Yes, and that, and, and, and Obi Wan says it himself. It's
1: one hundred percent the truth. Be in the in the downfall of the Sith is because of their emotional tie in. Like they are blinded by their emotions in most most situations. A lot of them are very good, but when it comes right down to it, like in a in a big time fight when things are happening and something's got to change, they are blinded by their emotion. And any Jedi usually is not yeah know, whatsoever they're very clear thinking and i think that's absolutely what gives obi-wan the upper hand because he is of clear mind and knows what needs to happen um and anakin's just swinging you know swinging for the fences for a while and then he gets burnt to a crisp yeah. but then and then again at the end of the movie he's rebuilt and you see the whole rehab and then the payoff of seeing darth vader standing up in the ship like all of that.
0: It's a great movie.
1: Unreal. Loved it. Yeah. Your number 4.
0: My number 4. And I'll, I'll quickly mention one more thing cuz I I thought of it about Attack of the Clones. That makes it amazing. Um Christopher Lee um plays Count Dooku. Mhm. Great character. Very good. Great character. Um doesn't have a big, you know, that's kind of his main movie. Yes. Um Grievous is more the grievous and the emperor are more
1: yeah i'm not a huge grievous fan no
0: me neither but um number four for me is a new hope um you know we're in the top five now so they're all great um a new hope is for the original trilogy to me um the least rewatchable probably because i've seen it a billion times so many times (laughs) but it's the simplest story by far um it is really a very simple story. Um, and we'll never really, I mean, what can you say? Everybody's seen it. it. It is what it is. It's an amazing movie. It's the adventure and the excitement of discovering this whole new world every time you watch it. Yeah. And every time you watch it, you 100% remember the first time you watched it. Yes. Even if you don't remember specifically the first time, because like you watched it when you were too young, you feel it. Every time I
1: completely agree,
0: um, and I'm not gonna go over the points of the movie that are great because it's like a really well constructed movie.
1: And if you, if you honestly haven't seen A New Hope yet, well, you're not listening to this podcast, yeah, you aren't listening to this, so you know that movie and how it's affected you, um, as a person or when you've seen it. And I mean, all of it, Star Wars is based off of these first three movies, right. And that's all we had to go off of forever. So everybody had watched them so much yeah, that they are just, regardless of quality of, of movie or even how they're structured
0: or put together. They still hold up, man.
1: They absolutely hold up. But I'm just saying, regardless of all of that, everybody has seen them and they are such a staple in the film industry that, I mean, they'll always be some
0: of the best movies. Yeah. Agreed. My number three is Return of the Jedi.
1: Return of the Jedi.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give it. I've always loved Return of the Jedi. I mean, I've always. It's probably the one I would watch the most because it's a happy ending.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, But more so than that is because it's got so many great sequences in it. And they're all just kind of separate. Um, So, I mean, for me, it's hard to get better than the opening of that movie. The whole Tatooine, Jabba's palace, Jabba's barge scene, um, all the way through is incredible. And that's probably one of my favorite moments of all of Star Wars, all through that. Obviously, I love the ending of that. Really, there's no beat in that movie I don't absolutely love. So... For me, that's my number three. I love Return of the Jedi. Yeah.
1: I like I do like Luke's confidence in that throughout that whole movie because he's completely different than what he was oh yeah.
0: I love that. Before that. Um I so, love him showing up at Jabba's Palace. Yes. I mean it's great. That part is amazing. And just like everybody's confidence and like,
1: okay. Yep. Because he's Get a completely hand. different person at this yeah. point. Um my number three is a new hope. So you and I have flip flopped Return of the Jedi okay. and A New Hope. A New Hope. I mean, it's the very first film. I do re- absolutely remember watching this as a child and watching it all the time, and b- just being in love with it. And I just feel like that movie right there is what made me fall in love with Star Wars. You know, it's the first one I ever saw. It's a very simple film, but it didn't need to be more than that. It it was what it was, and that's what turned me on to Star Wars to begin with. So I have to put it up there. I think it's phenomenal. Um, Yoda is like the best part in that for me. I've always been a huge Yoda fan, like really big Yoda fan. So, yeah, yeah, it's really great. That's my number three. Number two, here we go, guys. We're down to two films left. Top two. Into, let's just go, I'll do two, you do two. Okay. And then one and one, because I think we're the same. Okay. Maybe. Um my number 2 is Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Uh it's a it you could basically call it a tie for first
0: to okay. be honest. I I would say the same.
1: Because I can't I can't pick a number 1 without feeling guilty about the other. Yeah. And then it no, no matter what I we did a um back last March we did a uh what was it? Uh, March Madness, basically. Yeah. But we did a movie thing. And uh, Rogue One had won that for all of us. Yes. And so going from Empire and Rogue One, I just, you have to pick one of them. At the time, Rogue One is my winner. Um, I mean, I guess, right, you've already know it because those are the only two yes. m- movies left. So I have Empire as two and Rogue One as one.
0: Okay. You? I have. Empire is one, and Rogue One is two. Exactly. Flip-flopped. So we can go through both of them. Let's talk about yeah, we might um, as well. Rogue One, Okay. for example. That's your number one. That's, That's my, my number, number one. Two. And I went back and forth. I it's, I feel guilty, too, putting it that high. Um, but I shouldn't.
1: No, I don't feel guilty putting There's it no that Jedi high. There's no Jedi
0: in it, really. But it's an amazing movie. And uh, again, it's one that just completely took me by surprise how amazing it was absolutely and the great thing about rogue one is it's a war story and it really showed that hey we can make other types of things in this universe and they're gonna be awesome and
1: yeah honestly and that's a big thing as to why i love it so much is that i didn't expect it to be what it was at all i didn't expect to be the uh, like that the offshoots of the original Star Wars franchise would be something that I'm putting in the top of my movie columns, you know? And one thing about it, like the first first act of the movie is kind of slow.
0: Yeah, but I still love it.
1: And then, yeah, it's kind of slow. But boy, does it pick up and it pulls you in to each individual character you're in love with these people you support what they're doing like you know that the mission has weight yeah. right off the bat There, you're sold on the
0: the, on acting the mission is unbelievable the best acting in any Star Wars movie yes by far I think um and then you get like the whole sequence um not only the war stuff which is amazing but um, you know you get the fitting end to each one of those characters yeah. You Um, can't beat the end of this movie. You can't do it. yeah, And And not even the end of the movie where they have the Darth Vader scene, which is also amazing. Yeah, which is incredible. That's a huge
1: payoff. Yes. Uh, But you can't beat... It is technically a happy ending because you know what they're doing, and you know what the mission did, and you know where that they've completed it. They did a good thing, and that's going to help the rebellion. Yeah. But then you have to sit there and watch them die. Yeah. And them be okay with it at the end just like we're together and this is it. What the heck, man? Yeah. Like
0: It's a great unbelievable. Movie. And I think they're going to make more. Um I think they're going to make a show on Disney Plus. They've talked, they've teased, or they've announced that the actor that played Cassian Andor is going to be but in a, a another Disney Plus series. So I don't know who's coming back for that, but it's happening Yeah, in Mandalorian fashion.
1: Who was the, um? what was the lady's name? Jin Urso. No, I know, but what's her real name in real life? Who was that I actress? I don't know her real name. I can't remember either. You've seen her in a lot of stuff. She's been in a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. It's it's phenomenal. And um, I that, I had it as my number two, but like you said, it could be a toss-up. Empire, on the other hand, um, is not, as a kid, I wouldn't have said Empire was my favorite. It would have always been Return of the Jedi um probably because as a kid you know it's a happy you know night. and i
1: would agree with you as a kid i would probably put return of the jedi <clears throat> but as i've, above I've gotten older
0: that. um you know you grow to appreciate more it's the first movie that i can remember where the good guys lose right and it really really feel like it's part of a trilogy it's not a sequel to the first movie no um it's a middle movie and again that's probably the first time i can ever think of in my life that i that that ever happened that there was like three movies that were one, yeah, and this was the middle act, and they lose, and but okay, take all that away because you don't appreciate that as a child. So from a filmmaking aspect, that's it's all great, and from a story writing aspect, it's amazing. But just take the individual components of that movie: the Haas sequence, yes, unbelievable; uh, the Dagobah stuff sequences, are really great; the Cloud City stuff, unbelievable. I mean, uh, Han Solo being frozen in carbonite. I love you. I know. Boba Fett. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah. The Darth Vader
0: stopping the bolt with his glove. I mean, uh, the uh, Lando selling out his friends. I mean, everything about it. You really get to see um, the overwhelming power
1: of like Darth Vader and the Emperor, like in the Empire as a whole, and that they are capable of more than what you know they are. Yeah, you know, and then, uh, yeah, the whole like Lando selling out his friend thing, like there's all these little. But he didn't twists. have a choice. See, that's exactly that's, the thing. that's where you choice. get in the nuance. You know, he didn't have a choice because Darth Vader already got to him. What's yeah. he going to do? And he's already in Cloud City. Um, but then, yeah, Han gets frozen in carbonite, best and bin. at the time, we should just be calling it Bespin. Bespin, yeah. Uh, Han Solo getting frozen in carbonite, like at the time. When you see this movie, you're like, what the hell is Carbonite?
0: You don't even know. He's you're dead. like, it's done. He's dead.
1: Like, you think he's gone.
0: Like, and he's then, frozen and done. And then, you know, you find out Darth Vader is Luke's father and exactly everything. I mean, it's really an incredible movie.
1: Like, there's so many things that just keep piling on top of each other inside of this movie that, um it, and it's kind of in the same way as Rogue One. Like, you see the downfall of what's happening um, You don't really get the payoff of somebody winning or the no. mission succeeding. You don't get that at all, but you do get the fact of like, uh, again, you get a, a basis of like how powerful the empire empire really is and what their reach is like the reach of the empire in this movie is extraordinary because everywhere they want to go has been basically overtaken Yeah, and that's what's proven on Bespin. But then, uh, Luke really understands that he has to get better. Like he can't just be who he thought he could be without Yoda and without like learning and getting more training, which is why he goes back because he's like, I ha- I gotta get, I gotta get stronger here. But there's just so many things that happen. It should be in most people's lists. Empire is usually always number one. I'm just going to, I have it as number two, but really, I think there are two number one movies. It's yeah. really hard to choose from from it. Obviously, as you can see, because you have Empire as number one, Rogue One is number two. I have Rogue One as number one and Empire is number two. It's right. like one and a half for each.
0: Yeah, it's just uh, it was so novel at the time. You you don't get Infinity War without Empire Strikes Back. It Doesn't happen. Exactly. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Never would have happened. So it was groundbreaking and and. They don't actually say it in the movie, the whole, Luke, I am your
1: father. No. Like, he doesn't actually say that. But that has been a tagline and something that people have known, regardless of seeing the movies, everybody knows that that's a Star Wars thing and where that comes from. That has like ascended space and time and will always be something that people know. Yeah. It's like the catchphrase of all catchphrases.
0: Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. Yes.
1: You killed him. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's pretty good, but you gotta like hold on I to the thing. your father, I'll look up at him. No!
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So that—that's
1: <laughs> pretty good acting right there. <laughs> Um, so that's our top 12. That's our ranked uh, Star Wars movies. If you guys want to rank them, I would suggest it. Send it to us at uh, snarfcomics.com, on any of our social medias, uh, Facebook at snarfcomics,
0: Instagram at snarfcomics. And um, we were going to talk about the future of Star Wars franchise yes. going forward, but
1: I don't think we have time. We really don't. It's been pretty long.
0: So we'll talk about it next time. Um, obviously, The Mandalorian is going on right now. Definitely check that out. Um, I believe the last one comes out this week. Yes, it does. So check so, that out because I it gives you very high hopes for the future of the franchise. And by this week, forward. I mean two weeks ago. Yes. It came out and it was done. Um, if you can't get enough of Star Wars and you're like, I'm disappointed in this new trilogy, then fear not because you have two wonderful pieces of entertainment, one called Clone Wars and one called Star, Star Wars, Wars Rebels. Rebels, which I would highly recommend you check out. So with that, Star Wars Rebels, Clone Wars, and Mandalorian, it, you know we really have the opportunity going forward to do a lot of amazing things. With Absolutely. Star Wars, so.
1: uh, also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash snarfcomics. Uh, we have gotten out our bundle of snarfs to the people that get them. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed them. Uh, it was fun for Chris and I to like look through things to pick, to give you. Uh, we are going to curate you a box um, bimonthly. Uh, so you're going to get two months' worth of stuff, but every two months. That's what you are going to get. Um, again, hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, if you would like one of those, get on patreon.com slash snuffcomics and subscribe. subscribe. Is it subscribe or patronize? Patronize. Well, don't patronize me, but
0: patronize the site. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, I guess. That's I don't know. That's be- a weird word.
1: It is a weird word. Is there a double meaning there? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well,
0: do that. And then there's
1: also like patronage. That's what it would be. Like, give us your yeah, but that's patronage.
0: Patronize. Yeah,
1: I guess it is, isn't it?
0: Well, whatever. Patronize the shit out of us. For like <laughs> for like $5 a month, you get bonus podcasts. We got a bunch out right, right now that you can check Stickers, out right now.
1: New shirts um, coming.
0: $10, you can get shirts. Uh, $25, you can get bundles of Snarfs. Um, all kinds of good stuff, guys. So yeah. check it out.
1: So I think that's it. That's it. All right. For Snarf Talk this week, I am Jerry. I've been Chris. See ya. See ya.